Attention all FD fans. If you are heading to an event this year, I've got an easy way for you to save yourself five bucks. So when you go to pick up tickets for any of the eight events, that's any of them, Long Beach, you know, Seattle, Atlanta, whatever it is that you want to go to, at checkout, use the code FD Podcast. It'll save you five bucks doing this for the 20th season. So head over, use the coupon code, save yourself some money, and I will I'll see you up there. Maybe you'll see me walking around. I don't know. If you do, say hi. Tell me, hey, I saved five bucks. If you want to give me that five bucks, I'm okay with that too. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the official podcast of Formula Drift, Seattle Zone. I'm Jacob, and we have Mr. Denofa himself on. Uh, dude, I'm stoked. I'm I'm like top five people I wanted to talk to. I'm really? Wow. Top yeah. five. You just, That's pretty solid. I feel good you, about that. That's a good way to start this. Get the I, attitude up high, you know? <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but you're kind of a controversial figure. Like you kind Am of are I? like, you know, you don't, you, it's not that you're controversial. You just have very little filter. So like everybody's kind of waiting for you to say something. So I mean, I just say it yeah, like it just, is. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> I agree. And I think, I mean, I think that's why people enjoy it so much is because like you're in this position now with RTR where you're su- not supposed to be, but you're in like this big team that's like, you know, well-funded and rigs and all this shit. But like, to hang out with you, it's just like any of the grassroots guys. Like, there's no, there's no difference there. And you, you didn't stop trolling. I think is probably like the biggest thing. <laughs> I feel like that's what drifting is. It's fun. It's enjoyable. Like, I, I, drifting at the highest level in Formula Drift is not for me is not a lot different than just driving for fun and enjoying it. Like, there's definitely the competitive end of it, but for me, it's always <clears throat> just been that like. I'm here to do the best that I can. It doesn't matter whether I'm at yeah. FDE or I'm driving by myself in the morning before school or like whatever the scenario is. It's like just drive to the best abilities that you can and be what you are. Yeah, it's funny. I'm, I'm glad you like went right to the school stuff because like I think a lot of people don't realize how long you've been driving. Like what, 14? Like dad's Alfa Romeo basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was like the first <laughs> Whether you're supposed I ever to or drifted not. was an Alfa Romeo. My dad gave me this uh, 84 Alfa Romeo Spider, and like, I don't really think I drove that ever with a driver's license kind of scenario. Just like around the block, <laughs> do a burnout, like yeah. whatever, and got into cars like by tinkering and messing and ruining that car, which is not the car to ruin. But yes, I started when no. I was... <laughs> 15, I think my first drift event was, which is, I guess, now almost 20 years ago. You got, you got to love it when like your mom has to drive yeah, you to the drift event. That's how it was. Right? It was, and now I'm like yeah. the old dude at the skate park. <laughs> yeah, what's I, I mean, what's that been like? Because like obviously you, same thing. Like I guess a lot of people don't realize that like your BMX career is is pretty like well established. Like back in the day, obviously it's a long little different time now. Ago. So. Were you more racing or freestyle when you when you started? I with was that? more racing. I rode a lot of just kind of like whatever, you know, dirt and street and park and all that. But I was mostly focused on the racing, and it was more just like, oh, I'm gonna go ride for fun. I loved riding my bike, so just kind of do whatever. So, is there like any plans on bringing back like the Roadkill BMX team just for shits and giggles? They have a team again now. Um, I'm not a part of it. We have some really? guys that are running it, and uh, and I've seen some things here and there post up, and it's still around doing things, um, which is cool. Uh, my dad's not involved in it really anymore, but it was cool. Yeah, growing okay. up riding for Roadkill and having a basically factory back team with some pretty good partners and traveling all over and racing it's like really not a lot different than what it is now except we have to load an entire rig full of stuff instead of just jamming it in a bike box that looks like a golf bag and flying wherever we need to go yeah are you are you like 
are you active in loading the the trailer? Or are you like what? Like, are you just kind of like okay, you guys got this? Like, let me know if you need yeah, anything. But like, I'll be FD, here. That's but, how it but, is like, for sure. Um, it's cool because yeah. like I live like both lives. Like I still drive every weekend, whether it's with FD or yeah. not, and. I don't really have a full-time mechanic or anybody helping me. It's basically my wife and I for any other event you see me drive. So Fox Body, the TI, the any of those cars um, that I go out and do stuff with. That's all just, you know, me start to finish. Um, and then with the RTR stuff, I get to be like, hey, I'm here to drive and focus on driving. And that's the goal. And like in the beginning, I was always like, I got to get in here and mess with this and work on this yeah. and all that. Because like, I didn't know any different. And like, we've talked about this all the time. Like, like I just do it. Like when I'm like, Hey, you know, I want this, I want that. I'm like, yeah. and they're like, okay, how do we do that? How do we do this? What do we want to do? I'm like, dad, I'll just do it. <laughs> and now I'm like, let me explain how to do this. So that way moving forward, I don't have to do it again. And like the team is super smart, really intelligent. Like they're on it. They fix everything. So now I don't touch anything like this on the car besides in the off season, like setting things up. That's a huge trust thing though. Like, just to be able to say to those guys, like when you, when you, I, I'm not a, I'm not a good wrench, but like, I still, you know, if I know I've tightened something, then like, I know I've tightened it and, and it's done. But in a lot of those cases, like you have to take their word for it. And I'm not saying like the RTR mechanics don't know what the hell they're doing, but like, there's still a massive trust factor of like, did you nut and bolt this? And they're like, yeah, you're like, okay. Cause like, I didn't see you nut and bolt yeah. this, but I'm going to assume you I did. I don't think I ever was worried about it that. Cause I figured like, Almost anybody who's wrenching on the car is better than me at wrenching on a car. I'm not a good mechanic. Like, if you ask anybody, I'm like the guy who's like, really? I'm a problem solver, not a nice mechanic. Okay. <laughs> so, like, I'm the guy who's really good at telling you how to do it now, but I'm awful at execution. So, for me, it's more of, like, the perfect scenario with the RTR camp. And then it's actually made it so that now when I work on stuff, it's because I want to and I... And not necessarily mm. I have to and need to. Where before I joined the RTR team, it was like, I have to do this. This is my job. If I don't do this, I'm screwed. So I was like 70 hours a week, like building the chassis, Jesus. building the motors, doing everything, like start to finish. And and with some help, obviously, back then. But it was a lot. You know, yeah, I'm definitely much enjoying drifting much more with the RTR team than I was previously. <laughs> Well, it's it's like one of those, like, I, I don't know about you, but like when I expressed an interest in cars, everyone's like, oh, you should be a mechanic. And like every mechanic I ever spoke to is like, look, if you enjoy cars, don't become a mechanic. Because like, it's just going to ruin the entire thing. Yeah, for you. I think there's a, there's definitely value in that. I think there's definitely value in having mechanical knowledge and being able to do it yourself. I think I, but like in the long run, in your sanity, it's probably not ideal. Because <laughs> I'm like, I, yeah, I, I, mean, just, I should just hire someone to do all this. And I'm like, I could get my time back and whatnot, but then I'm like, ah, I'd only do like a couple of these projects because I'd never be able to afford to do it if I didn't do it myself. You know, the hours just get, they, they, they rack up really quickly. So, you know, it's a balance. Well, I mean, we were talking about that right before we recorded. You literally pulled an engine out before yeah. this. Like, I mean, I can almost smell the degrees yeah, on your hands from here. Uh, for real. Like uh, five minutes before we <laughs> shot this I, and you were messaging me, yeah. hey, are we doing this? I'm like, I'm late. <laughs> I just got this motor out, but I blew the motor up in my Miata, which was my grandma's car originally. And like, it's been a family heirloom type scenario. So I'm like, I can't nice. not have this car going. So I blew it up two days ago and the motor's out now, you know, getting, we're going to build a new motor and put it back in. But the first step was getting everything out of it. <laughs> was that the one that like you got back? 
if I remember correctly, like, it, did you always have it or did you get it back? Because I know you recently got a Miata. I wasn't sure if that's a different No, one. so I've had this for a, a while, probably like seven okay. years now. My grandma bought it new. So, and she was like, oh, I want to trade okay. it in. I'm like, do not trade in. I'll take it. Like, let me get this. And I've proceeded <laughs> to ruin it. You're going to get screwed it. on that I trade I've proceeded in. to ruin it since <laughs> I got it. <laughs> they're, I mean, they're fun. I little, they're great they're cars. Great. I mean, I... I still think that like if you're gonna get into drifting, you need to at least get in one just to understand like how to maintain momentum, how to deal with a car with that short of a wheelbase, like how to deal with a low powered car, how to drive on 15 inch wheels. Like there's so much you can glean from that one experience, even if it's for a day, even if it's for like two laps. It's like it, it almost provides more respect for people that drive those chassis well because they're just not easy to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think. Like I started in one of those. That was like real my first real right. drift car. And as soon as I drove anything else, I was like, man, it's really hard to drift a Miata. And this was like before Angle, before like uh, people knew what we were doing. You know, we were just like, oh, we just yeah. get around, like figuring this out. I was like, oh, three, oh, four, you know. And I just remember driving okay. like a E36 for the first time after driving Miatas for a long time. And it, all it had was like tie rod spacers and shocks and i was like this is better than my drift car that i built to compete in <laughs> and it's just like a beater yeah so i was like ah, i probably need to move on from that yeah i just i mean just the the bite forward bite side by everything just like even like you said with with tie rod spacers just even having because like stock miata angle is so yeah bad. and the wheelbase is like 18 <laughs> inches shorter than a e36 so it's crazy yeah it's it's just a constant fight that that whole time do you, like would you say that driving those more or less shittier chassis or driving with, no, I'm not, I know the BMW purists are going to get mad at me here, but like driving with those engines that were unreliable, sorry, um, does that set you up for success later on? Because it's like training with a weight vest on? I don't think it does because I think the reliability aspect of it is the most important part, like getting laps and driving and doing the best you can. So I think... Which like for a couple of years was probably pretty yeah, tough for it was. you. <laughs> I had a couple of years where it was like a disaster. I was like, I quit. Yeah, <laughs> this is so much. Like I, I'm like, if I do seven more seventy hour weeks, I'm deciding to be done. Like let me make this decision here, you know. But yeah, I mean the reliability yeah. aspect, I don't think so. But those cars are like for the money and for what they are. Like they're really good cars, you know. They're they're getting phased out because they don't have a lot of power out of the box. And there's all these new chassis that, you know, in the last 10 years have become affordable. And they're kind of getting yeah. to the point where they're just, I don't mean like getting phased out because they're not competitive, but getting phased out just because you buy it and you're like, I immediately have to do some sort of turbo kit on a car that isn't turbo, or I have to do right. an engine swap, or now the transmission's weak, or now the diff or the axles. And it just turns into this whole thing where you're like, Subframe oh, Yeah, I could have <laughs> just bought a S550 yeah. Mustang for 10 grand and it would have already had a great motor and trans and axles and diff and everything's indestructible. And then you just go drive it and have fun, you know? Yeah, I think I think there's something to be said. I mean, I know you're not you're a huge proponent of not overbuilding a car, but there's something to be said about just seat time, just just reliable, consistent, just go out and put in put in the reps, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure, absolutely. I mean, that I, that's the most important thing I tell everybody. They're like, "Okay, I have a drift car. It's not that good." I'm like, "Is it reliable?" And they're like, "Yeah, I can go like, you know, whole van, not really have any problems, you know, keep some spares." Yeah. Okay, okay, cool. I'm like, "Just go drive." I'm like, 
buy too many tires right off the bat and just go drive yeah and enjoy it and do everything you can every lap that you drive you're going to learn something and i use the example like when i was driving at park all the time with the school like i've probably done 1500 laps at park and i still find cool little tricks i still improve something i still get faster i still can have more angle i still there's like little things i keep doing and like I feel like I'm probably one of the only people outside of like maybe James with like Mondello or whatever, where I have driven so many laps on a track and I'm still learning and still enjoying it, you know? So do you, do you think you could do park blindfolded? (laughs) Like legitimately, if somebody, if somebody blindfolded you, I mean, like like, let's say a day of practice. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's going to be bad. There's a lot of things to crash into. Like if I had a safety person, it's a good point that could like handbrake it and spin it out. Like when things weren't going right. Maybe. I've done an entire lap there without touching the steering wheel after entry. So basically you enter really? and then you drive everything off of the, the brake, gas, clutch, and handbrake. No touching of the steering wheel. And I can do a whole lap. Wow. It took me probably two hours to get one without touching the steering wheel because there's always there's one spot that you always want to touch the steering wheel because you're going to crash. But like you just got to plow through it and make it work. <laughs> but blindfold, it would be hard because it's such a small technical track. Yeah, it's not like there's huge runoffs where, like, you know, if you're off by like three feet, you're okay. Like, if you're off by a foot and a half, like, you're you're, you're, you're in, the, in the grass at that point, or into right. a tree, one or of, in the one river, the or whatever, you know. But yeah. maybe, maybe if I planned it and practiced it by like closing my eyes for a few sections of the track, so yeah. I wasn't so focused on the points of the track. But that's like the most important thing in drifting is looking ahead and planning where you're going to put the front or the back of the car. Like I tell people, like teaching them all the time, yeah. like if you're going towards something, when you want to put the back of the car there, you stare at there until you stare there until you achieve that. And as soon as you achieve that, then you look to the next spot, you know? So, well, it's like, it's like teaching a kid to ride a bike. Like, I mean, or I, you know, teaching my kids how to like skate. It's like, okay, well, if you look down, that's where you're going to go. So if you're looking straight ahead, you're, you're going to be more likely to, to keep going For straight sure. or staying up on your feet. So I, I do think that's a huge issue um, as somebody who's like looked at hundreds, if not thousands of hours of like in-car footage from ranging from, you know, pro level all the way down. I would say that's one of the biggest factors is indecisiveness in your controls. Um, you, you see like the, the the shaky hands and like going to grab ship and not actually doing anything. And then looking in the wrong place or looking really short-sighted or, or like constantly changing your gaze. That That seems to be the one thing if I had to pick for like, young drivers who are kind of at that, I guess that stall point, right? Because everybody kind of hits that wall where you're like, I don't know why I'm not getting better. Like I'm still driving, but I can't link or I can't. Yeah, up. most of the time I it's have just, the problem yeah, too. it seems to be that. And I just am like, oh, I'm not looking where I want to go. Do you? Like when I go to the track and I'm having a bad that- day, like I'm like, ah, oh, I can't figure this out. Like this part of the track is really hard. Like, you know, I'm chasing like where I need to be on track and the guys are like, oh, I changed the car, like set you up better so it's easier for you. And I'm like, no, it's not the car. Like it's me. I just need to look at a different place, pick up a different point, you know? And um, amazingly, typically when I do that and start thinking a little bit more ahead and planning things out, it works great. Is that is that something you're doing, you know, like in practice? You're like, obviously most tracks, you, you probably have points that you're familiar with, but you get to something like Utah where you kind of like look at it, you know, do the track walk or bike or whatever and be like, okay, where am I? I'm coming through this first corner. What am I looking at? Is it like, you know, the big type S sign that Mike Power is about to crash through? Like, is that where I'm going to go? Or, you know, like 
what what is that how you plan that out or I don't really are you constantly updating I don't really it? do it per se like while I'm walking the track usually it's just the first time driving I pick some points out like generic areas of where I'm going to look and then normally they're like either too far or too short on things and I just adjust those little things to make sure I'm looking where I want and then in the chase like you got to find places where you can look when you're smoked out or like where are you like key points yeah. and sometimes they're you know flagpole that's like way off track but like it's a marker that you're like if i go towards that i'm good <laughs> you know if i'm way left or way right okay. i'm in big trouble so just generic types of deals when you're screwed in the smoke you know that's a big deal but yeah just uh you know you always got to look ahead like that's one of the biggest things you got to look ahead <laughs> and plan it look farther ahead than you think and and it's not like i deal with a lot of road race guys and they're always like, yeah, I always look ahead, eyes up, eyes up. And I'm like, yeah, but you keep yeah. looking at the next 50 feet and drifting. You like want to pick a point and stare at it till you know, you're going to make it to it and then pick another point. Right. So a little more point and shoot than, than other forms. Do you think road race guys, because they utilize a different, you know, methodology and a different way of looking forward and, and, and like attacking something, do you think that may hinder them when they come into drifting because they're always trying to look further out than what's actually possible. Uh, it could be, yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of different scenarios with that. I think they feel grip different. They feel the limitations different. And uh, I feel like it's always easier to go the other way. Like when you drift, when you go road racing, typically you're like, oh, I overdrove it, back down, cool, we're good. We're within the realm of enough speed. But the more you, I feel like the more you road race, the longer you road race, the harder it is to be able to, drift and pinpoint those things and have like an aggressive like over the top style if you look previously most road race dudes are very like meticulous locked into angle but not a ton and like putting the car where it needs to go and like a little less flair aspect of it but like really consistent and, mm -hmm. and good drivers that's typically what i see but teaching the more the longer you've road raced the harder the first hour of me teaching is always it's always like you gotta huh. overdrive it overdrive it like way overdrive it and then we'll turn it back like drive like a total asshole and then we'll bring it back <laughs> it, it, it's funny you say that because like when i went for my motorcycle license like i grew up riding dirt bikes and you know we have to do like a course and it drops your insurance and shit and uh they asked like how long have you been riding motorcycles and everybody who said oh first time they're like yay and then they get to me i'm like oh since i was like three and they're like, oh, I'm like, what? They're like, we're going to have to break you of so many bad yeah. habits. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, what did you drive? And I told them the bike, like an old two-stroke. And they're like, guaranteed, you're going to sit there and you're just going to play with the throttle the entire time you're waiting. I'm like, no, I won't. Yeah. Sure as shit. They're giving instruction. The car's, like the bike's supposed to be idling and I'm just making sure it doesn't die out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's fine. You, it'll idle. Like, you're okay. <laughs> That's a thing for sure. Yeah. It's just, just breaking that, that ingrained habit, right? So you, you mentioned style stuff. So I, I want to know, like, do you actively, are you actively trying to add more style to your driving or is it just a completely natural thing at this point? I'm usually doing the opposite. I'm usually like... You're trying to wrangle, wrangle it back, back in? Yeah, I just, I want to drive at the maximum that can be all the time, no matter what, you know? And right. I feel like <clears throat> drifting, to me, the most important part of drifting over top of anything is the style. Cause like if it, if for me, if it was a race or if it was a whatever, it would not be drifting then. So for me, the yeah. style aspect of it is the most important, but because I've always driven that way and always focused on it, like my level of 
let's say, angle that I drive with, like my median, my average, like where I'm mm. comfortable driving is just pretty, pretty deep, you know, and I use the angle to slow the car like as much as possible. So, you know, instead of just braking yeah. and utilizing a lot of foot brake or whatever, I might do that, but for a shorter period of time and try to have as much angle and, and whatnot as possible. And I feel most comfortable like when I have like a large amount of wheel speed and basically, you know, putting the car where I need to driving it off the rear tires. Um, and I feel like the only reason I'm kind of fast when I do that is just because I'm on the gas more than most other people. Like, you know, right. I think my style of driving is not necessarily fast whatsoever, but it also allows me to be fast because my average throughout the track is <laughs> a little bit on throttle longer, braking shorter, things like that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, I think the best example, if, if people haven't seen it, would be, I think, your second qualifying run in the old St. Louis layout when you threw that, like, massive backy. I think I think you were pissed off at something. At some, I, like, I or, for some reason, or, I knew it. So I was like, ah, right. this is for me. <laughs> right, right. That was it. <laughs> but, I mean, you just, it's kind of become the thing. Like, when you, when, like, every driver has a certain style and, and you have a very definitive one. And I mean, you've been pretty vocal about trying to bring that back, like trying not to drive at 10 tenths all the time. Um, is that something that's gotten better with like age? Is that something that's gotten better with maybe like Vaughn being involved or like how, I guess, how has that changed from, you know, let's say like 2016 to now? Yeah, I think it's really a matter of like how you look at it. So for me, it's always been, and it still is, like how do I do better than my last lap? And that's just a personal right. battle. It's not like definitive by anybody watching or the judges or any of that. Like my run that I want to improve on might have already been enough to do whatever. But like throughout the weekend, I just want to achieve more, want to drive harder, want to, you know, fix little things. I didn't like this. I thought it wasn't smooth. And then I'll get a video and I'm like, mm, damn, that looked really smooth, you know, like whatever. But for me, it's like rather than back it down, I took some mm -hmm. time to drive and kind of more perfect uh, 10, number 10. So that way okay. there's a higher number available, <laughs> but I'm just not always using that. Does that make sense? So like okay. getting so it's, really good it's at like turning 10, down the boost, right? Like, yeah, getting really good at 10 <laughs> yeah. might become eight then. Oh, right. Okay. okay. And that's I kind of been my thing has yeah. always been like, and I obviously still go to 11 every once in a while and blow it or do really good or <laughs> achieve greatness or, or whatever. And that's kind of what it is. But my goal, like over the last two years has been like, ah, it's kind of like, you know, I feel like we're doing good in the season. I feel like we're always, we've been top five for the last few years and whatnot. And yeah. like, am I ready to give up the style and what I enjoy most about drifting to maybe win a championship. And the, for me, the answer is no. And I and that's maybe well, not the case for everybody, but for me, I'm like, I have to enjoy this while I'm doing it or I shouldn't do it, <laughs> you know? It, it's it's interesting, like, I, I apologize to everybody else listening who's like already heard me say this, but it'll be new for you because I know you haven't listened to them, but I, I'm very curious to see what happens either with judging because there's there's obviously the big rule changes coming to judging and, and how they're changing that system and stuff, which is, I think, fantastic. Um, but we've always had these like massive 
changes based on drivers coming into the series, change with James, change with Daigo. I mean, we could even go back, like changes with with kind of re-stepping up. So my prediction has kind of been with Forrest coming back in, I think you having just another year of comfort um, and, and now kind of the way that the judging style is going to go and with the new uh, telemetry system, that there's going to be more room for that big angle, for that style, because we're realizing that just because you have a ton of angle doesn't mean you're necessarily slowing down. Um, it's it's we're, we're now seeing that that's not necessarily the case. Because we've always thought, like, oh, you throw this ton <laughs> of angle. Like, well, that's what I'm hoping, right? Because we had, like, the super fast days with yeah. Daigo, and that was great. And we had the crazy proximity when James came in, so much that they changed judging criteria to try and slow him down. And, like, all that's really next, in my opinion, is angle. Like, that's the next thing to unlock without slowing down the actual right, run. For sure. That's kind of always been the the wonder, right? For me, is like, well, mm. you know, we judge one run, we judge the other run, and, like, okay, everybody did great, or everybody made mistakes, or whatever the case is. It doesn't really matter. But, like, yeah. why mm. Like why has it not been worth it when the maybe, let's say, the, both runs are identical, but one driver had... 10 degrees more angle for the whole entire track. Like, why does that guy not win? Yeah. It's always one more time. Yeah. Or like vice versa. Or or maybe the guy who had a little bit more angle made one small, more small mistake than the previous person. But the, they lose because the angle doesn't bring that up anymore. And I feel like drifting is like so much about the angle. Um, yeah. And obviously there's, like I change the way I drive to make sure the judges are happy with what I'm doing. Like I, if they're ever like, I don't like that. I'm like, okay, we're not doing that. Cause like, then we're here for no reason. You know, that's stupid. <laughs> yeah. But like, typically yeah. I'm like, ah, uh, if they don't really care, then I'm going to do it. You know, like when they said no more backies at Atlanta, I'm like, all right, guess we're not doing any more backies. And then in practice, <laughs> I do a couple for fun, get them out of the way. I'm like, we're yeah. good. And then move forward. But yeah, I, is that what? Yeah, is that one of those like? Okay, it's out of my yeah. system now. Like we're we're good because I'm only here once a year in this car, going this fast, doing this stuff. Like I'm gonna get a couple heaters yeah. in. Like why not? I, yeah, one <laughs> in Rome, right. right? Like one in Atlanta. Throw back you down right, the hill for sure. <laughs> so you, I mean, you don't. I know you're competitive. Like I know you're competitive for sure. But you don't strike me as competitive as a lot of guys. Like I know. I mean, I'm not on team radios, but what's been released on team radios publicly shows that you have that drive. But I, I just, I feel like you're not as forward about it as a lot of guys are. I mean, the thing is, is like, how, I, and I don't mean any negative from this at all. Like, this is just part of the sport, but like... I'm clipping this immediately. Yeah, I'm like, how can... <laughs> This is the this is the the front line right here. But no, how can you is be it? like insanely competitive and be so focused on winning when like you like there's not a definitive way to win? You yeah. know, like and mm -hmm. I'm fine it's with that because that's what drifting is. I used to not be and used to get real upset about it, and I still do every once in a while because I'm like, man, I just wish that <laughs> there was a better understanding of this, or maybe I had a better understanding of it. You know, vice versa. Um, you know, but yeah, I think that for me, it's like whenever I drive to win, I don't enjoy it. I've actually won events mm. like turning it down and like doing playing the process. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I won. And I'm like, but like, at what cost? Yeah, the cost of like, <laughs> uh, I didn't even drive that hard. Like, I feel like I wasn't my best, you know, and I won. Mm. And I'm like, 
sick. Like, I'll take that. And I'm not saying it like, oh, I'm like, oh, another level. I can drive and like win that way. Yeah. But I'm saying like, there's plenty of events I've been to and I've won by only winning one or two battles because people crash and take themselves out, blow the motors, like whatever. Like in the long game, if you just drive like 75% and play this game smart, like, you know, you're going to do well. That's, I feel like that's where it is when you have good equipment and you've been doing it long enough to have a better, a good enough understanding of it. And you understand how to drive at the limit. Oh, I lost it there again for a sec. Yeah, we're good. It's all good. I'll blame the I'll blame the Florida internet. There's probably like a crazy rainstorm going on. I had no idea about. There's not, but I kind of live in the boonies, so it's got great uh, great here. Just isn't always consistent. How how like how is it being back in Florida? Because you've lived there previously, right? Yeah, I've lived here a few times. Uh, I grew up here. I moved here when okay. I was like seven or eight and I lived here till my last year of high okay. school and then I moved back in 2011 until 2015 and then I moved back again like about okay. <clears throat> nine months ago now gotcha and like you did a stint in Texas doing some oil shit if I remember correctly <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then obviously like west coast stuff so you've been around yeah well I mean I just like like to experience different parts of the of America and see what it's about and kind of find the place I want to be. And I've kind of always just ended up back in Florida. And I think most of the reason is because the off season is beautiful here. Like from November yeah. to March here is like the best of pretty much anywhere. And like, it's not overcrowded and it's, it's pretty good and affordable. So for me, it's like, you know, I enjoy it here. It's, so hot during the summer, but guess what? It's so hot everywhere I'm traveling and driving at. So it really doesn't yeah. make that much of a difference. Did you were like? Have you already picked out your favorite Philly cheesesteak to get a whiz wit? Like while you're there, yeah. Like is that was that like part of the reason where you moved where you went? Uh, like, okay, there's got to be a good whiz wit. Yeah, there's no no good cheesesteaks where I live whatsoever. But in Philly, oh, there's uh, Steve's. That's my spot. Steve's Prince's Steaks. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Got it. You got to have it with the cheese whiz on top. I mean, yeah. it's not whiz with. It's is not my the same, move. right? Yeah. Yeah. Grilled yeah. onions, right? That's it. Cheese whiz, <laughs> steak, be, grilled yeah. onions, done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's tough, you know, being in Florida without a Philly cheesesteak, but I, I think you're surviving. Yeah. Right. I mean, Florida has a ton of other stuff. There's so many, so many good places to eat down here that I'm not really. I'm not missing it too much. There's a decent yeah. cheesesteak place in Orlando too, so I'm not far from there. So, okay, yeah. I mean, don't give away your your exact location. We don't need a bunch nope. of FD fans like showing up at your garage. Nope. I'm not. I'm not here to dox you. You're, you're all right. <laughs> Just Chelsea went and hid. In the I bush did. And That's no what I live him. in the bush. Literally, I'm out here. Yeah. Does it? Has it like? I mean, I know like FD is not like F1 level of fame, but like you are famous within, you are very famous within a select community. Has that gotten to you at all? Like if you had situations where you're like, like what the fuck guys? Like what? Like seriously? Yeah, there's been a few. Uh, I'm not like, I'm, I'm like not really a people person. Like I get burnt out of people really <laughs> quick if you're watching and you, and I did maybe ignored you. While I was walking back to my trailer at an event or something like we have an allotted time where I turn my people on and like I enjoy and have a good time and hang out and feel the vibe, yeah. but like it's, it's exhausting. exhausting. Um, and I don't yeah, mean it I, in a bad way. It's I, just like you're either about it or not, and I'm not necessarily that guy. But 
I am not, when I get recognized like out in public, I'm like, oh, cool. Like, I mean, it's, I'm not like, I'm famous, yay. But I'm like, oh, like people recognize my efforts and like I put a lot of effort into this. So I'm totally fine with like people being like, what's up, man? Like, you know, everybody for the most part, if I'm out, is super respectful kind of thing. And like my places for all of my demographic is Home Depot. Every time I go to Home Depot, someone recognizes me and I'm like, it doesn't, I kind of make sense. It, yeah, but like you'd think yeah, like AutoZone or like an auto parts store. <laughs> yeah. But no. You walk in, there's like a poster of you yeah, there and, and you're like, oh like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I go into Home Depot every time and someone's like, yo, Chelsea, what's up? I'm like, Home Depot's my people. Like apparently. Yeah. like The good, good hardworking folks, guess. man. That's it's great. So, funny. <laughs> so weird. Of all the places. Yeah. That's, I was waiting for you to like say something like the music store or yeah, something like that. No. It's like, yeah, it's like every time I go into a, a music store, everyone's like, oh, Do they Chelsea. even have music stores anymore? Not really. Yeah, I was in one the other day. It's where I bought, where I bought oh, the like mic. Like a Sam Ash or something. I, I mean, we have a Long and McQuaid. Okay. I'm in Canada, so we have Long and oh, McQuaid, so a little so, different. Okay. I do, I, and I mean, on that fun transition, I don't think people realize how much of an audiophile you oh, are. Yeah. Like, like, like big, big into music. I was told a story oh, no. that you're quite the drummer as well. Uh, I wouldn't say quite the drummer. But I can I can I play mean, okay. I would say I'm like a C grade drummer, you know. C grade. I mean, if you can carry a beat, yeah. I right? mean, like if there was people with a bass and guitar and wanted to jam, I, I could jam. Like that's cool. But I'm not like gonna. I'm yeah. not really gonna impress anyone. You know, it's like not like damn, he's a ripper on the drums. I'm just gonna play some <laughs> rhythm and blues and cruise out with it. You know. And and you've got a pretty broad selection of of music, like you know, from like Wu Tang to like weird indie bands that no one's heard of, like uh, what's one I got here, Modern Allies, Our Fading Smiles, oh, yeah. stuff that like nobody's ever heard yeah, of. Yeah, that's so, some eighties stuff. That still have that's good. Yeah, some some throwbacks, but I mean, I know I I mean I I just I'm trying to find stuff that like people wouldn't know about. Yeah, you. music is because big. like everybody. I yeah. mean, I listen to stuff like you know, all the hip hop and a lot of different stuff going on now. But like, yeah, big music's always been a big part. I was in a bunch of bands in high school and my dad uh, was in a band up until a long time. He's actually in Modern Allies, the band that you were just referencing. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah, so I um, basically grew up in a recording studio, recording like people from my high school, hip hop artists, like a bunch of different bands and whatnot. And I've always just been like in love with music and felt like that's kind of the the timeline of your life, you know, like music timeline Mm -hmm. is like something that can keep you up or down or hype you up or, you know, get everything cruising along, you know? Do you you have like a hype up song before you get into a car? That would be a bad idea. I am normally just listening to like Yacht Rock or something before I go out. Yeah, (laughs) if the team like puts music on the radio, that's like super hype they're like pulling the spares out of the trailer. Like it's going to get really, I really? gotta keep myself chill, dude. Can't turn up, man. <laughs> now I want to see it. Like I just, I, I might just walk by with a boom box with like just something ridiculous on just to see you get like, like jamming yeah. in the car. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty good at like managing <laughs> it, but yeah, for sure. Like I would not play like Wu Tang or something before I went on track. That would be a little too hype. You can't play a club banger when, like, you know, no. you got to be focused. You're trying to keep it in control. <laughs> I mean, a grassroots event, I mean, if you've got something that's, like, lower power, you don't really give a shit about, I, I could see that. I mean, 
you know, trashing the, the RTR Mustangs uh, is a little bit different of a story than the TI or the Fox body. I mean, not that I want to see the Fox body get crashed. I, I love that thing. Yeah. But well, all those cars, little, when little they break, different. I have to fix all of them. So, you know, there's a little bit of both there. A little bit of balance. Yeah, but I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't affect me. That affects you. I just want to see you just go hardcore, yeah, like, sure. you know, jamming out to something. I'm normally <laughs> like driving at eight to 10 tenths all the time. I don't really drive below that. I find when I drive like six or seven tenths, I don't enjoy it really. So, you yeah, know, I really thrive on the you've, hard driving. You've, you've unlocked a lot in that Fox body. And I mean, I know you're kind of a divisive figure within the, the, the must or Fox body community now in particular. <laughs> Uh, rest in peace, John oh Duncan. Oh my God! Uh, but <laughs> hey, I was in that. I was in there too. Rest. Don't worry. Um, but I mean, I think you you took. I wouldn't say that like it was gatekeep knowledge. I mean, it might be whatever you, however you want to frame it. But like, I think you just went, guys, like to stop thinking that we know everything about this chassis and understand that other people have done things with similar chassis that can correlate to this, and you can get a lot more out of it than you think. Like the, the video about the solid axle setup. Like, there's shit in there I was not even thinking about. And I, I mean, I drove an old, an 88 Thunderbird turbo. Nice. Coupe. So, essentially, yeah, dude. <laughs> the original great. eco um, And this is, that, that was exactly it, right? I mean, I threw a, 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 like a Duramax turbo on it. It took forever to spool <laughs> up, but like when it hit boost, man, thing took off. But, yeah, like there, there's, it's such an old chassis, but people forget that like you can still learn shit even about a, you know, system that's, I mean, what is it now? 40 years old? God, that makes me feel old. Dude, yeah, 79. Um, yeah. Yeah. I still, I whenever I hear 20, I still think 1980 and I know it means 2000. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> it really is like 45-year-old car. Wow. Yeah. Driving a classic. It's 45-year-old technology. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you could... You can get classic insurance on oh, Fox for sure, now. It's yeah. like mine's like last year yeah. though. I think it's a ninety two chassis. So I think they made a okay, ninety three, gotcha. I think that was it. But yeah, the it's, solid axle thing has yeah. been really a fun like endeavor. You know, it's like it's really like if you think about it, like it's exactly what I stand for in drifting, like the simple, <laughs> effective, strong, reliable setup that's just like very adjustable but easy to relate to the driver. Because I feel like so many mm -hmm. of the new chassis with five-link rears and like all these crazy rear suspensions, and they're great for street cars, they're great for even road race cars, but for drifting, the dynamic and the movement of the rear of the car and like all that stuff on these multi-link cars is, it's just so complex. And when you start messing around with stuff and you move something an inch, like it could, you could move one suspension mounting point an inch and ruin the entire mm -hmm. car. Like, you know, and maybe not even understand why. But with a solid axle, it's yeah. like, there's like four things to it's move. It's only so much. <laughs> and each one does a ton. Like, when you mm -hmm. move the, the lower control arm down one hole in the traction arm, it's like a night and day difference. And it's, you know, and that's kind of why I've been making this content and shooting these videos about it is like, I want to like share these little things that I've learned throughout this because like I'm active at trying new things and feeling it. That's what I enjoy doing. Like when I go to the track and I'm like swapping springs out, doing wacky stuff, like because I just want to see, just to see, and and start yeah. adding to the rolodex of stuff like what works and what doesn't and what it did and like 
that's why I go to the track. Like for me to go to the track and simply drive is not necessarily why I'm there. Like I like to achieve and figure things out and learn things and kind of elevate it, even if it's just for myself. So I've just been sharing that stuff with people and like what I've learned and <clears throat> keeping it kind of relating it to someone who isn't an engineer. Cause I'm not, and like just a driver that works on his car and wants to feel changes, you know? Yeah. I mean, you've been a huge proponent of, of just, providing knowledge to people like why are we hiding this shit why are we not telling people this like what's what's the benefit in in holding this back like no one gains by you retaining this knowledge and never sharing yeah and and it's like i don't lose like everyone's like you give all this information away i'm like you still have to figure out how to use it like i could tell (laughs) you exactly how to do this but like and and by gatekeeping maybe like you know the only gatekeeping i do is i wouldn't like put the entire setup sheet of my car on the internet. Right. And even if yeah. I did, like you probably wouldn't be able to drive it. Cause Still I drive like an idiot. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> like I drive setups that are way different than what most people drive, you know? And I normally go way too far with everything and then rein it back. So for me, it's like, yo, why I, I hate going to events and seeing people struggle and drifting is the mm-hmm. most struggled motorsport in my opinion. Like, when I go to the track and I see people struggling all day, I'm like, and it's always something so simple to help you become better and like yeah. let your car help you be better. You know, that's my whole model is like, Ooh, like you're really good. good at driving, but your car is awful. Like let it help you be better, you know? Is that is that like the, is people like trying to overdrive their their shortcomings in their chassis? Is that like what you're seeing? Maybe the most? or un, or they have to be nice to the car, or be, or it bites them, or like that's the biggest thing I always yeah. see is like, oh, like why are you pedaling and doing all that? And it's like, oh, like I have really soft front springs and don't have a sway bar, so the car has no grip at high angle and like whatever, and like so you have right. no car to lean on, and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. like you already have the sway bar on there, hook it back up. And then next time you go to the track, bring some stiffer springs and try them out. And then they'll usually message me, dude, it's like I could drive hard now. I'm like, yeah, like you don't want to drive to not spin. You want to drive to achieve angle. Like that's way more fun. That's a good way of putting it. That's a, that's a, yeah, I've never, I mean, I knew that inherently, but like, but I'd never actually put that together where it's like, yeah, you know, you're driving just for more angle. Like if you can achieve that, then just the not spinning is, the part right before you find out how much angle you Well, like you when have. you're a car guy, what's your favorite thing to do? Simplest thing. Put the pedal to the I mean, floor. I like burn floor it. Like, floor <laughs> yeah, it. Like, yeah. I get in a rental yeah. car, first thing I do, floor it. I get in anything, first thing yeah. I do. Even if it's just for a second, like, floor it. Yeah, just, just to know. know. So if just you're drifting know. and you're yeah. just dancing on the pedal the whole time, is that more or less fun than just flooring it a bunch? <laughs> like, yeah. flooring it's sick, you know? <laughs> For the record, never buy a car from a rental agency that's anywhere near a racetrack. Because, like, I guarantee that car has been beaten and abused or, like, had that handbrake held on on the highway. Like, it's it's had people jump in it. I mean, I'm not speaking from experience at all. Do not buy a rental car. I've heard things. Ever. (laughs) Never. No. No. Never never a good time. (laughs) Uh, So, how, how have you been finding, like, the production of all the YouTube stuff? Like, have you... Has has you know your your wedding video experience helped out at all, or, or have you kind of just moved on past that and you're your full time YouTuber uh, now? Yeah, so I have a history of doing cinematography, did a lot of audio stuff, and like worked in New York for a few years, and 
freelance stuff and I think that makes me a bad YouTuber because <laughs> I'm just like, okay, oh, everybody just wants this simple thing. Like they don't want anything produced. Yeah. They don't want anything, anything. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's great because I don't have time to produce something that's really big. But also like, I'm just, I don't really get it still. Like I've, I've been doing YouTube on and off for, I don't know, like six or seven years now, maybe. And Some, I didn't even like monetize it or anything until like, I would say three years ago. And I did like all okay. my how to drift videos, all that stuff. And I didn't have like any monetization of it because I, again, was just like, I just want to give back to like make driving better. I hate going to tracks and seeing people drive awful. So what do I do? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go shoot this content, do that. And it ended up being great. Cause back then it wasn't about like the making money. It was the views and the like being able to sell the views kind of thing. Um, and I didn't yeah. know the whole deal with YouTube back then, but it's a lot of work. Everybody is like, oh, he's a YouTuber, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's a lot of work. Like, it's so much effort. Yeah. Like, it is a full consumption of your life. You know, like, I balance it pretty well. I have a dude that comes and sh helps me shoot stuff, and he does all the editing, and I come up with the concepts, and we just blast through. Sometimes I'll do three videos in one day, and then, yeah. and then that's <clears throat> it. You know, and then I make sure he's there for every time we're going to do something cool. And I just go about my day and do my stuff. You know, I, I shoot these videos like the Solid Axle video or these educational videos or these podcasts. And they're normally mm -hmm. 10 clips for the whole video. You know, it's like lots of talking, lots of explaining, walking around, doing stuff. And that's kind of been what I feel like is good for my channel, my lane. <clears throat> but it's, it's a lot of work and it doesn't pay what people think it pays <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> and the problem is too, is no. like, you know, if you live a life and you're doing YouTube and that's your main source of income and your main everything, like you're living it, you're doing it. Whereas like that mm -hmm. is like almost, I don't want to use the term burden, but like financially it makes very little sense for me to do YouTube. You know, I think yeah. maybe in the long run, it'd be great. But I think for me, like mm -hmm. it's an investment where maybe hopefully I'm not losing money doing it, but it's an investment in growing something that's going to be around for a while. It also timestamps my life and things that are going on. And like later on when I want to go back and be like, Oh, what was that car like? Like I could have it there or like share it with people yeah. or whatever, you know? So I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of just like doing the YouTube thing. Cause I think it makes sense to do it at this point, you know, kind of riding the wave a little bit of it. It is, it is nice to have those like memories back. Like I, I come from video work and YouTube stuff and, and it's like, I'll get memories that come up of just like, you know, I'll take my kids to the park and just bring a camera with me and like make like a one minute edit and they'll, they'll like show up on a memory and I'm like, man, that's so like nice to have. And then I think back to like when I was a kid and my grandfather had like a video camera stuck in my face like every day and I'm like, okay, what's that now? I talked to my grandma recently. She's like, I have everything. That's cool. I have every tape. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I'm like, can I get those? Like, I want to digitize yeah. those. Like, I want to go, like, go look at like six-year-old me playing hockey or or like the Christmas concert in fourth grade, that kind yeah. of shit. So, like, you don't realize it at the time, and then when you want that hit of nostalgia, it's like to have it is is so nice. Yeah, for sure. For for nothing else, yeah, right? Exactly. And like I said, it's kind of one of those things where it's like. Especially in the off season, I can be heavy on it because we're not really producing content. I'm not gone every weekend. Yeah. There is some time for it. So I've just been, you know, it's really been a value proposition and seeing if there's something there and if it's worth it. And 
my thing is like as long as I'm not gonna lose money, like I don't need to make any money doing yeah. it. But as long as I'm not gonna lose money, I'll keep you know doing. Right now, we've been doing two two videos a week, releasing on Saturday and yep. Wednesday. So seven seven three video just came out, which is sick. <laughs> I had an eighty nine F two fifty with a seven three nice. in it. So. The non-turbo yeah, one, IDI, so it was dude. just an absolute dog, dude. It's absolute dog. It would drive through anything though. You could pour a straight engine oil in that diesel Didn't tank, care. and it would just yeah. run. So nice. Yeah, they were really um, simple back then. This is like a '97 <sighs> Power Stroke. So. Okay, but it's in a Bronco. My to, yeah. my wife's wanted a Bronco for a long time, and I'm just like, well, what are you gonna do gotcha. with it? Like, you can't tow with it because like the 302 or the 351. 351 is enough to tow with, but it's still like. Yeah, six miles but to the gallon, and it's like under eighty percent load, just driving flat with anything yeah, on. Yeah, and I'm it. Like, like, I have a truck. Yeah. When you want to go to the track and do whatever, you just take that. She's like, I really want a Bronco, and they're like, gonna get crazy expensive, and they already have been getting yeah. that way. And I'm like, oh, we'll just wait for one that's cool. Like maybe we'll find a Centurion, like the four door one, or like maybe we'll find yep. like a, you know, different like a Eddie Bauer or cool like project one and originally yeah. we were going to buy one and put an eco boost in it like just a two three with uh like a yep. ranger drivetrain in it so we still have four-wheel drive and a six or a 10 speed auto and all that yep and then we found this seven three one and i'm like dude this is like the best <laughs> the complete opposite no, it's like the best because like they don't ever break like no and I, I mean minus some sensors right but, so you yeah. just keep a crank sensor in the glove box just like one, one half inch bolt yeah, to take out mil. right and like yeah, that's it. It's good, and I'm like, it's yeah. perfect for her because I'm like, ah, oh, it could be leaking, it could be like all sorts of jacked up, and it doesn't care. It'll always run. <laughs> no, if it's leaking, it just means it has fuel. It has oil that's in just, it. That's it's all. Just it means. Horsepower sweating anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's what I tell my wife. I've got a I've got a uh, 24 valve Cummins in the driveway that leaks yeah. everywhere. And I'm like, babe, it just means I don't need to do an oil right. change. It's just constantly just put doing a filter it. every five thousand and keep adding oil. That's <laughs> That's basically it. Yeah, it's great. They all leak. Like I got a uh, F350 OBS with a Cummins in it, and it just yeah. leaks everywhere. And like you can't stop it from leaking. Like they just no. always. Because you stop it in one spot, it just goes I somewhere know. else. So you just find a spot that you're okay with it leaking from, and you Pretty stick much. with it. Like <laughs> That's my oil leak. I uh, So weird question. Mm-hmm. How hard is it to figure out whose mail uh, comes in every day? Uh, we just open it. And deal with it. Do you just like together? Yeah. Like, no, yeah, she'll just yours. be like, I opened it. Here's your stuff. Like, here's all your toll bills from whatever state you were driving through or whatever. <laughs> that's normally, ha- that's like half my mail. Cause I'll go to these states and it's like, oh, it's toll by plate, you know, over and yeah. over again. So it's not, yeah. I think it's, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Everything's electronic now anyway. We don't even get a lot of mail. It's more like when, <laughs> when someone calls on the phone. You know, and you're like, you're like which, which one? one? You know, or whatever. So, hey, I mean, it's convenient. You just have to remember one yeah. name. Like, I mean, props to you. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. Like, at like in the beginning, people were like, uh, seriously. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. no joke. This, this is what's going to happen. Works. And she's going to have my last yeah. name too. It's like she got my last name soon too. True. <laughs> That's how it went. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So let's. Uh, I mean, I want to. I want to hit like the big news let's item, go. which obviously is is James jumping on board. So this obviously has been a discussion far longer than what people probably know. And I mean, you and I both have insider information on this, so I think we both have to be careful. Um, but I guess are you allowed to talk about when you found out it was happening, and then 
like, or if not, like, what are you, what were your thoughts when this, like when you got told that James is jumping yeah, off? Yeah. So for the last, you know, year or even a little bit longer, I've been kind of managing that end of things anyway. And like Vaughn and I have been working really, really close together at, you know, actually it's been longer than that. Cause even with the Adam thing and all that, like it's, right. I think that it's more of, you know, I'm getting, I get this kind of ran through beforehand to make sure it will work with me kind of thing, which is Vaughn has been mm. super helpful with. And he's like, Hey, if we work with this person, like, is that going to work with you? Cause if it doesn't, then this doesn't really work. Like a vibe yeah, check basically. Like, I mean, I'm pretty down for whatever, as long as it makes sense. Like it's not like everybody's like, Oh, they need to find a driver. They want to find a driver. They should find whoever needs it the most kind of thing or whatever the case is. And it's like, yeah, I think that's part of it for sure. But there's a lot of business on the back end of it that has to make sense because this is like the program's not cheap. You know, the the nope. partners that we work with are, you know, big companies that expect things to go at least a certain way organically. And it's a big process. Yep. And like, I think we talked about James. It probably would have been around before Irwindale last year, maybe. And that was when we were okay. like, hey, it can happen. Let's have this conversation, you know? And it, it makes sense from right. Vaughn's point to have the conversation with me. And there were other drivers that we spoke about. And obviously, James is extremely decorated and a ripper. And like, it kind of fits the bill of yeah. everything. And, um, on the back end of the business aspect, it works as well. So it kind of just made sense. And James wanted to come back. He loves driving over here and he's, he's so pumped. Like it's <clears throat> hilarious. Like I, I like want to talk to him during testing and he's like, I'm so pumped to come back and drive formula D, you know, like, I'm like, this is so cool. It's like, not like a thing where it's like, Oh, I'm going to go, I want to drive FD. What team do I drive for? <clears throat> RTRs best. I got to drive for them. Okay. Done. It's like, right. it's just a passionate thing and he loves it, you know? Is that, like, at any point did you, like, have pause with this where you're kind of like, holy shit, this is arguably, you know, the greatest drifter of our generation, if not ever. I mean, on a decoration For count, sure. like, there, there's nobody who can touch him. But are you saying that, like, fuck, like, I've, I've, I got to perform. <laughs> like, this is... Because, like, that, I mean, for me, like, if somebody, let, let's say somebody brings in, like, a co-host, and this guy's just, like, crushing it, and I look like an idiot over here, I'm going <laughs> to sit there and be like, oh, my God. Like, I don't think my job's in jeopardy, but, like, every single time I get on the track, this is going to be the comparison. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing we talked about earlier. For me, it's, like, uh, the most important thing for me is I got to be happy with my driving. If I'm happy with my driving, it doesn't matter if I'm losing or winning or doing whatever. Like, for me, that's the most right. important part for the physical in a like in my mind, yeah. you know, like mentally, if I'm doing what I want to do and I'm achieving what I want to do, simple or or complex, I'm pumped on it. Um, and with the James okay. thing, I, I'm what I'm most pumped about. Obviously, James and I are friends, and I'm pumped to have him in the trailer and have a good time. And you know, he's just a generally nice sure. guy too. Like that's he's like legitimately nice. He is being. for sure. Um, but what yeah. I'm kind of most pumped about is like. I've been working on this car and getting this car dialed with the RTR team. And like, I've been working off of everything I feel and the important things to me. Right. Cause if I mm -hmm. want to change 10 things on the car, I have to narrow it down to two of the most important things. We fix those and then we move right. forward, move forward. So sometimes yeah. things get like, I don't want to use a term like 
swept under the rug, but they're not as important as some other things that have happened, right? Oh, no. Right. Light down. What'd you do? Oh, no. <laughs> Let me fix this real quick. <laughs> we can take... Okay, we can take a minute. We'll pause. <laughs> it just fell. I got it, I got it, I got it. Can you clamp it on there? Oh, I can't. Okay. It, I just watched I it knock everything over, too. It was like worst case scenario. We're good. We're back. Perfect. My life is in shambles. I'm going to leave that in. No. I'm leaving that yeah, in. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, you should see this rain so you're, right you're, now. It's awful. It's hilarious. Dude, send me a picture. Oh, my after. God. My... I, I would fire myself if I was the video guy or the the grip <laughs> of this scenario. The grip. Hey, look at um, you. But yeah, so uh, oh, I'm going to jump back in. Where were we at? The things kind of swept oh, under the rug. You're excited yeah, about. So I, yeah, so these things now that are important to James, right? He's a very different driver mm. than me. Like almost, yes. I would say, polar opposite of how things are attacked. Um, I say we have similar style. We drive lots of angle, lots of throttle, like some of the things that are really mm. important for like my driving style, he does as well. So that's going to be great. But he's going to find Good. some things that are important and like reiterate some of that so that we can improve that, which will then improve it for me as well. Right. And I think me knowing the car really well and him being someone who's really tied to the car, um, we'll be able to kind of work together to get benefit on both of our driving you know i think it'd be cool yeah in, in in vaughn's vlog you were kind of like saying like hey like it's gonna understeer at this point but as soon as you get to this much angle it's gonna grab you again so like push just through it. be ready yeah. for that right yeah get ready for that understeer and then don't worry it's gonna be there on the other side of it so i'm i'm i mean without getting into like i guess whatever details you can like what is what's different i remember him very, I, I remember him very much playing with gearing to get his throttle right on banks and things. So he could just kind of like, hey, I just want to put my foot down, be close to the rev limiter, and then just steer the car where I need to. Like, I just, I very, very much remember him doing that on bank tracks. Is that, like, is he more focused on gearing as opposed to suspension stuff? Or like, where's his, where, where does he make his adjustments, I guess? Yeah, I think a lot of people are always adjusting the gearing or the rev limiter or just when we say gearing, it's more just wheel speed in general, however you achieve right. it uh, and change it. But yeah, I think he's he's a lot more of a, a steering driver and and putting the car where it needs to be with the with the wheel, um, or at least keeping okay. it in the box and balanced with the wheel. Um, so I think he he and I'm I'm I might be wrong, but just from what I've learned, it looks like he's That's more fine. focused than I am or Vaughn is on what the front end is doing. Um, versus versus the rear. Mm. So like in in our cars, we're doing a lot of of creating a lot of speed, a lot of grip, and and whatnot from what the front end does. And that's just like right. you know a lot of people are doing that. But our cars a little bit more than others need that, um, and that's how they work. So for him, I think it's going to be just some getting used to in terms of the way the steering works. And I think. Also, we're going to need to change some things to make him happy and 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 learn some things so that we can apply it. Because a lot of the things that he had an issue with with testing, and I don't maybe not even an issue, he just had questions about just notes. Yeah, were things that I'm like, yeah, you're right, it does do that. And we've been working through finding a solution <clears throat> that doesn't also kill our competitiveness. You know, because it's all balance. You got to have it balanced. The car's got to be balanced for the driver. 
you know, sometimes we'll free my car up and make it looser and I get faster in it, you know, just because Mm. I'm more comfortable and it's not so hooked up that, you know, I'm tied down to it. So it's a, it's an art really. It's a balance of all that. And, and that's, I think why we've had so much success with our team is the team is just on it. We know the car. Well, we've been driving these cars for a long time and we're always developing and figuring out whether it's a, you know, we, we do something and it's worse. We learn from it. We do something that's better. We learn from it, you know? <clears throat> Sometimes you learn more from the mistakes than you do from the success. Because like, if you get the success, you're kind of like, okay, well, everything just went well. So we do that again, I guess. Whereas like, usually if it's a mistake, it's pretty clear what the problem was. And then you're like, okay, never do that again. Moving on. Yeah, so. for sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, James really, like there's been very few chassis he's jumped in that he hasn't been almost immediately competitive with. I mean, I know he struggled a little bit with the Eurofighter, but not much. I mean, that the FD is, in, like, he did incredibly well in that. Uh, and then the S15s, like, you know, uh, the, the only weird thing with the S15s was, like, I've never seen a car rotate the way that they did. Like, there was, at first, I don't know how they did it, but, like, it seemed to rotate dead center, like, almost on his handbrake, like, so consistently. And I, was, I remember watching that because, like, comparing that with, like, Odie and being, like, well, hang on. Odie's rotating at like the firewall, and then James and Piotr are like rotating next to them. Like, how the hell are they doing this? And then just, yeah, it was just weird to see. Yeah, I think it's more just the attack yeah. angle and when you transition and the timing of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I know previously, like uh, with the S15s and whatnot, they got those dialed pretty, pretty quick. And I know they've been driving them for a mm-hmm. long time, similar to how we've been with the Mustangs now. But I know they weren't changing a ton in between, you know, runs and laps there. They were pretty much showing up all in and driving them how they were all the time, you know. Do you prefer that as well? Like, you know, kind of pick a setup and just like, you know, change one or two things and that's about it. Just more drive and and make those decisions as opposed to like a big chassis. Like, Yeah, for sure. I mean, typically how we show up off the trailer and it may be 5% variance of where we show up off the trailer. Unless we're going to a new track and we're just kind of like right. looking at it, figuring the track out, deciding where our baseline is, like then we might make a ton of changes, you know. But like at Utah this year, it was the track surface was really, really grippy and we weren't expecting that. Yeah. The surface was insane. Like the grip at that track was probably. 15 or 20% more than any other FD track out there. Hmm. And it just kept rubbering down and hooking up more and more and more. And the elevations, like lack of power and other things. So it just all compounded to basically having to free the car up a ton in comparison to where we came up off the trailer. But most of the other tracks, we've got a setup that's pretty close. And, uh, you know, it could win basically off the trailer. Is that and that's just based off of notes from previous years or decisions? Like I'm assuming there's a good log of like here's what we did and how it felt and this is what we want to do again. Yeah, and we discuss it before we go to the track. Like I'm like, hey, last year it worked out great, but what I've noticed this year is people are doing this different. We so we need to adjust the car, and it could be a problem here. So let's do this or that or something to you know kind of make it an easier car to drive. Most of the changes that we're doing are not to speed the car up or to make a change that's going to make us more competitive. It's more of a change that is making the driver happier and so they can achieve more. Like that's really most Just of it. More yeah, comfort. and this Mustangs are 
such a great chassis in the aspect of adjustment, like the smallest little adjustments go so far. So we really have a huge range of like removing or adding grip from a, any end of the spectrum. That's, I mean, that's do you, like, do you think that as they come down in price too, that's going to be like the next big chassis that people are going to be investing I in? I feel them? like they're so good for the money. Like, when you look yeah. around at other stuff in like the 10,000 range, there's not a lot that's like got all of the boxes checked. Like you can go rent one right. from a rental car place and it had all of them have limited slips. They all have it. They all have good, well, even if it's an auto. <laughs> we're not condoning no, saying, getting a rental and taking I it mean, to the track. Whatever, like, have fun, dude, do you? <laughs> I've it's seen fun. it happen, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> the transmissions, like even if you buy an auto, the transmissions are great. Like, the the diffs the the motor like the coyote motor is indestructible it is crazy mm. like the only failure point is like if you're revving it really high the oil pumps and those are cheap and easy to re- like get a better one in there and that's it like the whole rest of the car is like it's so indestructible you can crash into all types of shit and it just takes it and like they're adjustable from the factory, a lot of it. And like now with a simple steering kit, like you can take a completely stock Mustang, put a steering kit on it and shred. Hmm. Yeah. I'm curious. Like, I mean, I've seen more and more of them pop up, like pop up. And and I mean, you guys have really popularized them to a pretty good extent. It's just, I mean, I still see probably more adoption with the Corvette and, you know, than anything. And then, you know, the BMWs are still kicking around. Eventually, they're going to basically become like S13 style where you just can't find them and people want $14,000 for a shell. Like, which, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, great chassis, but like, for $14,000 for a shell, like like you said, you can go get a ready-to-go Mustang and that's that's going to do everything. Yeah, I would even say like, the Corvette's a good car as well. I, I don't think it's as reliable as the the S550 chassis. Like I see every time, I think Drift Week is a really good testament on like reliability Ooh. of things. And like my S550 and all the other S550s I've seen in there, one of them lost an oil pump and lost a motor. But like it has yeah. been insane the abuse they take without any sort of servicing. And like every time on Drift Week, it's like Corvette with a blown up torque tube, Corvette with lost a whole front left wheel assembly, like in caved everything corvette lost a motor corvette broke a diff and like you break a diff on that is a disaster and i'm not like talking smack i I think again it's like the same thing ten thousand dollars gets you a v8 car that has a strong drivetrain good power parts are available everywhere Mm -hmm. you know i think it's a good good basis i think the one thing the corvette might have on the mustang is it's a little bit lighter um but Mm -hmm. everything in the durability apartment and the drive ability department i still think the mustang's king and the cost like you don't have to do anything to the mustang like mm-hmm. the corvette still needs quite a bit of things like when you when i see people building them out that they're spending money on Could, would you i mean like right now let's say something happens you say something stupid in this podcast your contract gets severed um I'm not making any predictions here but would you still like immediately go out and get another mustang to compete in or would you go back to a BMW? Dude, I jump or right like, my Fox. Look body, at something dude. else completely. I would if I if really? I let's say RTR is like you're out, you're done. I'd be like, well, yeah. I need one of the as a as a severance. I need one of the motors from our FD cars, just one of them. <laughs> and I'd put that in my Fox body and go to FD in it. 
<laughs> on like an open trailer uh, just to make uh, everybody angry. It's not. It's a troll. It's not simple to do FD on an open trailer. It's too much effort. You just need like a single enclosed with some racks over top of the car and a bumper tow trailer. Like simple. Yeah. I think that would be probably the route I would go. I just because I just love driving the Fox body. Like it's like it's gonna yeah. sound dumb, but it's like such a magical like car. It mm-hmm. just There's something about yeah, them. and it for it fits my like my driving style so good. Like it limits me where I need to be limited, and it helps me mm. where I need help. And it's fast and it's simple, and the cost of running it is so low that it's enjoyable. Like for me, when I go to the track and I got to run a car and it's really expensive to run, the stress of the cost and the stress of anything happening and the value of it, like, makes it so much less enjoyable for me. Like, right. it's just personally, that's me. Like, I, I don't have body kits on my car. I don't have any of that stuff because if I hit a cone and break a bumper, like, it, I might, it, it makes me upset. And I'm like, I got to fix that. And I think about the 10 hours mm-hmm. of taking the bumper off, fixing it, painting it, doing all that. Instead of just driving and having fun. So like the Fox body fills the void so good. It's like super durable, <laughs> super lightweight, it's super low cost. And like if something breaks yeah. on it, it's so easy to get parts. Like it's Yeah. And I think FD, like I think I could have like a six hundred horsepower motor in that thing and do well at FD. Like uh, I mean, you I mean clutch kickers and and uh, the one shootout, like I mean, I think you kind of proved that. You can have a ton of horsepower. You can have big tires, but like, I'm still gonna run your door the whole yeah, time. It just works so good. Like those guys at at Clutch Kickers when I ran were putting tires on their car every three or four laps, and I would drive the <laughs> whole day, like practice, qualifying, tandem battles, like all of it, and never mm. t- touch or change my tires. Like same set. That's I crazy. would like rotate the right one to the left and the left to the right. <laughs> because it would be like, you know, wearing one more than the other. And I yeah. get 25 laps out of a car, like, dooring everyone. Hey, everybody. Jacob here from the Formula Drift podcast. We have an awesome deal for you. So if you head over to shopfd.com and use coupon code PODCAST23, you're going to save 20% on any merch. So anything you can find on that website, use PODCAST23 at shopfd.com. Save yourself 20%. Hats, shirts, lanyards, wh- whatever. Just use the code. Save yourself some money. So why not? You know, don't don't stop listening. Wait till the show's done. But then head over, shopfd.com, use podcast23. We'll see you guys out there. Do you do you think like anybody will do that? Or are we in such of like kind of like a, a dick measuring contest now with FD cars that like by the way, we're allowed to swear here, yeah, so yeah, like feel fine. free. Um <laughs> I think you figured that out already. But like, are we at that point now where if you're not showing up at the thousand, it's like, why be here? And I know a lot of guys like lie on that stats page anyways. I, I, we're like, yeah, I can do a thousand, but it only runs like 750. <sighs> yeah, I think there's some of that. I think it's just that people, with how much effort, how much money, how much brainwave, yeah. how much everything it takes to drive FD, like you don't want to show up and be in a car that's not capable you know, like even at the right. at the lowest cost teams, you look, they're still <laughs> making the same power as we are. They might be having more problems. Yeah. They might be whatever. Like, I don't, you know, there's lots of scenarios to it. But everybody's like, I need 900 horsepower. Why even show up if I don't have 900 yeah. horsepower? And I'm like, yeah, I think the tires are part of the thing. Like, because everybody, all the manufacturers are making really big tires. 
So you have to weigh a certain amount. Yeah. And when you have to weigh a certain amount, you got to make a certain amount of horsepower, certain- you know? Mm-hmm. Um, which is why, again, like this low, low weight, low everything cost car build was kind of an important thing for me because I hadn't built a competition car since when I drove FD. My last competition car the BMW. was 2014, the E46. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I want to build a car that I can drive and compete in. I want it to be a Ford. So I'm doing a lot of stuff with Ford. And I, you know, like, and I wanted to be a solid axle. So like, I was like, Oh, that was like a choice. Yeah, 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 for sure. Because I wanted to learn it and yeah. understand it and like be better at it. And I think like on paper, I think it's the best rear suspension for drifting. Now, there's plenty of problems with it, but I on paper to me, I think yeah. it's the best. Um for at least my driving style. But yeah, so like building this car out to be competitive was like, how do I build a car that I could go drive with pro cars? That only costs like five hundred to a thousand dollars a weekend to run, which is like <laughs> just crazy a tenth of crazy. what all the other cars cost to run, you know. And yeah. I built it off of all the spares and like used parts I had in the shop from FD program from like all that stuff and just built it to make sense and be cheap and leaving leaving RTR with your pockets full. <laughs> You're like, eh, yeah, we didn't need yeah. this, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so basically, I was like, cool. That's the point of it, and I. And it works, you know, like I, I, like when we go to testing, I'm going to, I'm bringing my Fox body because I want to run my Fox body with FD cars and I want to see how it does. I can't wait for that. (laughs) Because I feel like I can't wait for that. It's all scalable. Just to see. Like, yeah, you know, so it's not going to have a ton of smoke and it may not have like a shitload of angle, but like it's, it'll be there. And that's kind of the point is like, I'm always trying to find ways like for me to enjoy and have fun and not spend a ton of money. And I think obviously the cost of drifting is always a discussion and like obviously yeah. the fd is the cost of fd is the cost of fd like there's there's ways it could be which i think you have to have yeah, it, but i i mean it's anti barrier yeah, i think you have to have that yeah you, but but like it's like i don't ever want someone to go broke drifting and i mean you and i could have a conversation about people doing that right now and a lot of people doing that not even in fd just in general but I always feel like you need to have some sort of pinnacle, like something that is ridiculous, but like still seems achievable in order to motivate people to continue to progress through those like middle yeah, stages. For sure. Like there has to be, there has to be a, an F1 to have karting. There has to be a NASCAR to have your weekly track meets. Like there has to be an FD to have, you know, grassroots. And, and a lot of it too is like, would we have some of the tires we have if it wasn't for FD? Would we have the parts that we we have now if it wasn't for FD, right? Like, would would there be the fun haver angle kit if there was no FD? Right. No, I agree. I, I'm with it 100%. Like, I think it all stems down or up or however you want to look at it as the epicenter of, like, yeah. the FD thing and, and guys who are driving fun events that the information from FD and the parts development and the, you know, the knowledge and the marketing and that all of it trickles down, you know, or up or however you want to look at it, you know, whatever the most important part of drifting to you is, you know, it's all going to stem from people that are pushing the limits and trying to do that. And FD is a great place to do that, you know? And I, I, I mean, I think there's ways to make it a little bit more affordable, but like the thing is, is like, does it need to be like, we have a 32 car field, like there's enough different cars. There's enough, like, that's the argument. Like, there's two ends of it. Yeah. I've I've been like, oh hey, like it should be cheaper. How do I make it more cheap? How do we do this? How do we do that? Yeah. Like, how do we save people money? And then on the other end of it, I'm like, well, we also don't need like a hundred cars showing up to drive FD. And 
those have both been issues, right? right? We've seen both ends of that where we're, we're running a 26 car field. And then we've seen, 80. you know, in the beginning when it was like, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I remember yeah, going to Long yeah, Beach like two in days 2012 and being like, okay. I got to make top 32. And I'm like, 50 people are going home. Like 50 people yeah. showed Crazy. up, spent all this effort, money and all that stuff. And they're going to go home. Like I like when I qualified, I was like, I made it. Like, you know, it's like, woo. But yeah, I mean, I guess it is. It's the same scenario. It's like you do, there's gotta be a, a build up to it. You know, you gotta be able to achieve it. And there's guys running FD for yeah. probably, you know, 70 to a hundred grand a year, and there's people spending a million dollars a year, you know. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I think I think the best example is like Jonathan Hurst has been very open with how little money he spends in FD. But I mean, there's a big difference between, you know, catering at a truck and then going to get Chili's every day. Right. I mean, nothing against Chili's. I've learned to love it. But like, there's a huge difference in that. And is he competitive? Yeah. Does he make over a thousand horsepower? Yeah. Is that car insane? <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, there are guys who are spending a shitload of money who maybe aren't as competitive as that. So like, I don't think it necessarily matters. Right. It definitely helps, right? It definitely helps to have that money. Like, you know, better flights, better hotels, not having to worry about cooking food, not having to worry about changing tires or having someone just to do that. As a driver perspective, I assume that just allows you to focus on the goal of driving and not worrying about like, okay, we got to check, like, did I book the hotel? When's my guys coming in? Like, somebody just deals with that. Like, you, you don't have to worry about eating or getting food right. like i'm assuming i don't know maybe like vaughn's under a tighter budget <laughs> this year but like that's not something you have to worry about you just have to worry about how is the car feeling how am i feeling and how am i going to compete yeah that's and it. it's all scalable too because like it's all it all comes down to the same deal it's like you used uh jonathan hurst as an example like he does have a really competitive program for the bunny for the money but there's a lot of like economy of scale for him it's like he does a lot mm. of the work himself like does he has all. a shop yeah. that you know helps pay for that he and i've even talked to him about it he's like yeah i did the whole season for i forgot what he said it was but i was like okay yeah. but what about this 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 i'm like so over the next or in the past five years of trying to get here like you've spent all of this money and rolled it over and grown it, right? Because you're good at that. You hustle. Mm. You get that. You know what you do. I did the same thing, like still doing the same thing. Oh, yeah. I'm like, so like... Still selling parts on right. eBay? And you're like, it's not really... <laughs> yeah. Let's use an example. It's not really $50,000. It's really 80 or 100. And he's like, no. And I'm like, mm -hmm. here's the other 30 or 40 or 50 grand. He's like, oh, you're right. You're forgetting about Like it. there is that. But yeah. it just like, it just flows with it and grows with it kind of thing, you know? Yeah, and it's it's some of its like hidden costs of like working late at night or taking time that you could be doing, you know, other work like that oh, costs. Don't ever calculate money. that into the equation. We're all broke if yeah, you do no. that. <laughs> sweat hours. If you if you put if you calculate sweat equity, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh it's wild. I mean, I think you've I think you're a good example of that though of putting in that equity for a long time. I mean, realistically, um XDC stuff, you know, working through that couple of crazy driver shift things like you lost a car halfway through had to drive an rx8 like halfway through a season figure that shit out like you know i would say and correct me if i'm wrong realistically your kind of breakthrough moment would be 2016 long beach taking out like every heavy hitter on that list right like daigo jeff stoneback vaughn chris forsberg i feel like somebody else but like 
that to me would have been your like, holy shit, like it, this is it. I This is the thing I was supposed to do. Yeah, for sure. That was definitely a breakthrough moment. We had some before that too. We just had so many mechanical problems and like, like I said, I'm not a good mechanic, right? And I was the one crew chief in my car. Um, so like I had the great theory, but the execution wasn't great. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was good. It was like solidification. You know, it's like, oh, we got the win. We knew that we could do it. We had the proper car. We had everything, but it all had to align. And that's the thing that's like the hardest part is like, I used to not even think about the driving aspect ever. You know, like before I drove mm. with RTR, it was always just like, find the setup and then just figure out how to drive it in five laps and park the car. Like that was like my, that's my entire model was really? like, okay, we're going to Atlanta. Cool. This turn, this turn, this turn, set up the car, kill mode, rip right off the trailer, put your five laps in, get pumped, park it, watch pit, like go over the car, whatever to keep the cost down. Right. Cause every lap you do keep the mm -hmm. cost more and more and more. And then, go out and qualify and be like, okay, if I get higher than a 90, I'm just not going to take my second run. Like the driving was like the minimum of it. And like when we won Long Beach, it was funny because mm -hmm. like, I forgot how they did it, but they didn't have qualifying because the weather uh, was so okay. bad. It poured rain and it's over top of a parking lot and it made it undrivable. Like people were crashing every lap because there's all the oil from the parking spaces. Um, so basically, long story short, oh. I think I did four practice laps and then won the event and I didn't get any one more times. So like I won the whole event by driving like something like 12 laps or 13 laps, like total. And Wild. Kevin was like, yeah, you just won the event with the least amount of laps of anybody here. I was like, yeah, that's been my life <laughs> for the past like three years. And I'm like, I just <laughs> drive the bare minimum, you know? So I never focus on driving, yeah. but now in in the RTR team, I've been able to focus on driving, and I think I've grown myself a ton. Like when I drive other cars I've driven previously, it's just like jump in, rip, do what I need to do, you know, show up and blow up, and it's been really, really good. So being able to focus on driving and myself and what I love about drifting has been the biggest game changer for that, for sure. Would you would you say there's more stress now? with with this program because like I don't know if people truly understand like the level of commitment like the additional things you have to do the signings the shoots the you know meetings things like that is that like a one-to-one -one trade off with once again just trying to figure out how to get tires or is it different is it just a different kind of stress now or less yeah or, it's like what, what's it's that more like? of just a like it's so much easier to focus on things and like maybe you know, focus on them too much or too little or whatever. Before it was just like head down, get what done, what you need to get done, work, bust your ass until you get there and then relax when you drive the rig home, you know? And now it's like, mm. there's a lot more, a lot more planning, a lot more, you know, deliverables, a lot more things I need to do while I'm at the track that are not related to driving, um, which right. is fine because it's usually pretty simple tasks. Like it's not, it's just time consuming stuff. Um, it's, I, I don't really get that stressed out of the track anymore. Most of the time I'm, I'm stressed <laughs> out about something and I'm like, why am I even stressed out about that? It's like not even something that's worth being stressed out about. And I kind of like talk myself off the ledge kind of thing. But, um, but before I wouldn't even have time to think about that. I would just be like eight out of 10 stress 
all the time, no matter what, except for mm-hmm. like one week a year when I go on vacation and turn my phone off. Where now it's like a six, you know, and that's that's about okay. it all the time. You know, it's like same thing. Like show up at the track. I know my shit's handled. My car is going to be great. We've already talked about it. Everything we talk about is going to go through. Like the changes we made and confirmed are going to be in the car. Like everything's dialed, confirmed. Like I never, ever think about the car. Like the car has let me down, like I think once in the past, like mm-hmm. five years, which is like a billion times Nothing. less than my other car let me down. <laughs> so, yeah, I was going to say you were, you were getting let down multiple times in a weekend at one point, let alone like one time in five years. It's only years. a letdown <laughs> when you push it into the trailer. Like when the weekend's over, you're fighting your battle, you're going to war, you're not focused on anything. But when, at the end yeah. of the weekend, when you're done and you're pushing it in a trailer, that's a letdown. You're like, damn. That's yeah. defeating. But no, nah, it's been yeah, good. That's it. That's a heavy. The cars have been great. The team's been great. Like it's the, the stress, like it is different, but it's, it's mainly, mainly just yeah. a lot less. How, like, could you see yourself just driving for RTR forever? Is there, like, any ambition to try it again solo with everything you know, marketing, business-wise now? Because I, I feel like there's a, I mean, I'm not asking for your your change here and, like, to disclose contracts, but, like, you know, you probably have picked up so much business marketing knowledge and, like, program knowledge through the osmosis of working for RTR. Like, do you ever get that tingle to be like, fuck, if I just did this myself, I could do this with that kind of I think thing. it's a grass is always greener on the other side scenario. You know, like there's obviously mm. no matter what you do, nothing's perfect, right? And I, I'll think about things and be yeah. like, oh, I would have done this differently. And then like, I'm like, ah, but like, really? Does it matter? Also, I think we're all going to fight to the same end, you know, the same progression or the same, you know, whatever. And typically that's mm. where I'm at. I kind of I'm like, ah, oh, I don't like this. I would have done this differently. Like, Hey Vaughn, like I think I would do this differently. Like I don't, we don't need to, but you know, I like, just want to discuss it and just like just a you know, keep it in the yeah. back of your mind, and or maybe maybe there's a, a something that makes sense, you know. And typically, it's always like uh, so, somewhere met in the middle, or work through it, or figure it out, or you know, whatever the case is, and everything's you know. Well, it's it's work. Yeah. I mean, it's business at the end of the day, right? Like I think people forget that, especially at where you're at in your career. Like this is. These are business transactions. You are working for a company. Your email is an RTR email. Like that that's a very specific thing that you are doing. Yeah, for sure. But I think too, like it's <laughs> there's not a better team to work for in the long run. Like for me at least. Cause like yeah. we vibe really well together when there's a problem. Like I'm pretty open and just talk about it. And nobody <laughs> it never even becomes a problem because someone's like, oh, Chelsea doesn't like this or whatever. Let's discuss it. Like, and as a team, we <laughs> we overcome it and, and, you know, move forward with it and, and vice versa. When, you know, just like anything, one of your guys on your team or I'm friends with all of them, when there's something that's not perfect, like let's work through it. Let's make it perfect. Like, and it, it like in the, in the grand scheme of things, like there's not a better group of dudes. Like that's it. Like we talk about this all the time and I'm like, and you know, everybody's like, Oh, you got to have a team meeting and stoke everybody up. And I'm all, I'm just like, guys, you're the baddest mother effers out here like we are the best like there's no like even if maybe we're not we don't win this weekend we're all we work together so good and there's 20 dudes that would all do anything for that for the other person on the team and like that like i've worked for companies with 20 40 50 60 employees i've never seen that in my life like 
there's always mm. somebody who talks shit about someone or doesn't like someone or like, <laughs> oh, ding dong did this and messed us all up or whatever. And like, there's such little of that with the program that like, it's like really it's to watch it is like an emotional thing. Like when you sit back and just kind of look at it, you know, when we went to testing, I didn't drive at all. You know, I just watched our team mm. do everything. And like, I've seen Vaughn do that last year, come to the track and just watch, you know, give us feedback, jump in, annoy me a little bit, you know, like whatever the case is. But like, I got to see that testing for the first time. And I'm like, dude, these are the most badass dudes ever. Like, it's crazy. I can't even. That's a cool yeah, moment. It's so cool. It's like, so like, like the question that you were asking is like, am I going to go do this on my own? No, this is it. I'm RTR to the yeah. end, basically. Because <laughs> um, I think when, if it's done or something happens or whatever, like, I think I would probably take a year off and assess what the next thing to do is. You know, like I've done this for a long yeah. time. I obviously won a championship. I want to do that. You know, I want to get it. Um, but I think the, I don't know that it gets better than the RTR program. Like I just, and I'm someone who's always a trying to achieve the next thing and turn it up even more. And I just, I don't know. I think it's, yeah, it's good. If I, if it was an eight out of 10, uh, we would have a discussion. It'd be a 10 the next hour, you know? So it's good. Do you, do you guys have any like rituals or anything else? I've, I've heard that you were very particular about your glove placement, but I wasn't sure if there was anything no, else. I would prefer not to wear gloves. <laughs> If I could drive no? FD really? shorts and a t-shirt, I just want a good helmet and a good Hans. I'm ready. Like, I don't have any like weird things like that. Yeah. Okay. I, I wasn't sure if you were like superstitious nah. or It's or like anything the like little that. things you're like, oh, my glasses are crooked in my helmet. Like I need that to be like decent right. and like just stuff that would annoy pretty much anyone. My hair is like not down in a uh, back in my helmet to my face. Like just... Uh, like you'll, I'll make adjustments for silly shit like that. But no, I don't really have anything. I, I actually prefer to like ignore all of those types of things. And just if I could get in the car and magically be strapped in and just go to the burnout box. And before that, I'm just bullshitting with everybody and talking and having a good time. Uh, and just That's like, just like my yeah. go. I'm like, I don't want to sit and chill in the car. It's more just like go shred, hang out with your boys, get the car set up, shred some more. Just try and take it as much like a grassroots event as possible is what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, because like, and I don't, I'm not saying this in like a bragging way, but like I've been doing this so long and been, you know, driving so many different cars, so many different tracks, so many different everything. Like the only thing I think about, like, and Vaughn's even discussed this with me and like I agree 100% is like, you just got to get into the first turn. You've been doing this forever. It's like you don't think in the morning like how you're going to get out of your bed and like start walking you know, or like whatever the case is. You don't think yeah. when you back out of your driveway that you've been backing out forever, you look to see if there's a car there. You do the same thing every day. You don't question how you turn or how you're going to back out of it. You just do it. Hmm. And like, you know, I've been driving for 20 years and trying to achieve greatness every lap. So why would I not just keep doing that? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, at this point, it's just instinctual and and muscle memory, right? I mean, even with a new track, you're like, oh, this is this layout reminds me of this thing. Okay, I did this here, so I'll do that and see how that works. And you know, by lap two or three, you're just kind of, you know, working. Like, do you even are you like, do you get into that like flow state, or like, are you are you even acknowledging that that time, or is it one of those like lights, and then you're like, oh, okay, cool. How did I do? No, like, I'm pretty like <laughs> analytical about every little aspect of it. Um, okay. probably to a flaw at this point, but like, 
I just like it's three turns. Like a, a one track has four <laughs> turns. Like I don't know. Like the biggest thing about drifting is you only get one chance. That's it. There's not another lap. Yeah. Like when it's time to go, you got to be your greatest. And there's not like oh I can fix it next lap or I can fix it next turn. Mm. That's it. You just got to be. You can't fix right. it. Next you got to be good. That's that's the crazy you know, part. Like and when you blow it, you blow it, and that's it. Like you know what. What are you using to review? Like, obviously, you have the mental capacity to understand your mistakes, but are you watching like a lot of in car? Are you getting stuff from videographers from the outside to be like, "Hey, did you get a shot of the front wheel? Like, I felt this thing. Is this something that's going on? Is this what I'm feeling? Like, what's that? Well, I guess what's that review process look like? If you had a shitty lap, you come into the pitch, you're like, guys, I don't like it. What happens after that? Yeah, typically for me, I go straight to the data because the data doesn't really lie. I'm like, hey, this doesn't feel right. This part of the track. I'll hit up Ray, which is our guy who's on the computer all day, crew chief, and, and looking at all the data. And I'm like, I feel like that's the perfect name for a guy who sits on a right. laptop all day is Ray. I don't know yeah. why. <laughs> so I'm just like, what's happening right here? And he's like, oh, I don't know. You're doing this little thing right here. Like, you normally do that? And I'm like, nope, I'm an idiot. Let me fix that. And I'll go drive and be like, cool. Or it's like, hey, the car is bogging right here. So we can either make a change and fix this to make it better, or you're running out of gear or whatever the case is, whatever's happening. Or you can try to drive through it now that you know what it is, and we can make a change after that and you know move forward from there. The, my spotter is, and I have such a great like communication line that like he's really, really good at being like, no, dude, you're worried about something that doesn't matter. you know, like, Or, mm. hey, you're worried about this, but you look great there. Like you're at the top there and, and, but there's other spots where you look like shit and you need to fix that, you know? So I'm like, Oh, all right. So I'm not even going to worry about spot one and I'm only going to focus on spot two because that's where, you know, I'm doing something wrong or it doesn't look good. Or maybe it's the judges were like, I don't like that, whatever. So we just fix it. Mm -hmm. Um, and really that's, that's about it. If I'm way out of line and I'm having a bad day driving, like I'm like, guys, send me some video because I need to see if it's as bad as I think it is, <laughs> you know? Okay. And then that helps me. But most of the time, it's just the data. Like, we've got the car so good and we've learned so much that, like, I can look at the scribbles and lines and we can figure out what's working and what's not. <laughs> and it's great, too, because we have always had, at least for me driving on the team, we've always had two drivers. So I'm like, you know, how does he look there? Oh, he looks good. Well, let's look at the data, see what he's doing different. And you're like, oh, he's floored here and you're not or you know you're pedaling it or you're too late on the gas or you're for some reason doing this or that you know and just solving the problems there and the cars are so close that little changes between the cars can make a big difference what what's that been like you know i don't want to use the term mentoring because i don't feel like that's correct but like helping adam through this because like this is like that's a huge change going from that s15 and everything else he's doing into the RTR thing. And this, then that's completely removing everything else that goes on in his life, which I feel like doesn't get enough credit that like people, people forget that like, okay, take, take whatever performance he's having on track, get rid of that. And then remember the fact that like he's running several businesses, not just one, an entire compound, which also contains businesses and the YouTube thing and the pressure of being the most visible driver in drifting. Yeah. Like everybody misses that for sure, but it's hard to relate to that. I think too, like 
even yeah, oh, hundred percent. Even from my standpoint, I'm busy every day doing stuff and whatnot. But it's like you know, it's 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 all what you bring on to yourself and how you achieve and work through it. But yeah, I think on the yeah. FD weekends, like he got pretty good at just turning it off, unless it was like a massive emergency. Because um, he, you know, okay, you got to think from he's got people yeah, too, and, and you got to think from his end too. Like you, he is so busy, he is doing all that. So the weekends that he is gone and driving and doing everything, like he has to focus on it. Otherwise, it's why he's wasting his time anyway. So there is a fine yeah, line, a fine for- balance between that. Um, working with him was really good. Like realistically, like it was, it's a learning curve. These cars are not easy to drive. And like, you know, I, I think that everybody was like, Oh, he doesn't look good in the car. And, and I was always like, you gotta like, look at it like this, like the amount of seat time he has, like, like dry drifting. He has a lot of seat time, but competing in yeah. formula drift and understanding it and having to drive a car at the level that we are like, he has very, very minimal seat time, you know, and he's getting thrown mm-hmm. into a car that is like, it is not easy to drive. Like there's really no way to put it, you know, like no one's cars that are winning events are like, Hey, want to try out a drift car today? Like, it's just not like that. It's just different. And like, it's hard to like wrap people's heads around that. And like, I would like with him, it was always like, Hey, you know, you're doing everything you need to do. You're putting the car where you need to do, but like, you're just missing on some things. And it's a different thing every lap. And like, it's just a focus thing. And when he would get focused and be on, like it was, it it was really good. And, and he achieves really, he's a really phenomenal driver. It's just, there's, and, and I, I had the same problem with jumping in these cars in the beginning is like the window for sleeping on the chassis. I call it like not being on top of it. Okay. Like, I think you could, in most cars, you can drive, at 85% focus and be okay. These are like 98%. Like there's, if you're not it's at like the best, <laughs> you're not at your best. You're not able to win in this car. Like that's just how it works, mm. you know? Um, and again, I think that's like that in all the cars that are top 10, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you have to be on that ragged edge. I mean, that's what, that's why you are where you are is like you're taming, something, you know, you're taming this ridiculous vehicle that's not wanting to do the things that it that you're trying to make it do, sure. right? And at the same time, it's like, okay, like, what direction do you go? Like, we want to keep you happy in the car. We want to do it. And, you know, his feedback was really good. And he'd give us a lot of information and we'd change the car up and make those changes. But sometimes it would just take too long to get to the spot, you know? And then it would be yeah. like, oh, we pulled Forsberg in 32. And you're like, Dude, like I would be like, shit, we have Forsberg in 32. We got to drive it like the finals, you know? And you're like, and yeah. I, I've been driving the car for six years. Like I couldn't imagine being like, people oh, forget round that. two or three of FD learning to drive this car. Like got to beat a champion <laughs> like in 32. Yeah. And then next round, got to beat a champion. And you're like, damn, like he almost all of the rounds he had were like prior champions. Like, that sucks. That's like, I don't want to say it's unfair because <laughs> that's life, you know, but like, everyone's no, like, oh, no, you didn't like, make it out of top 32. I'm like, dude, yeah. Like, and like, look at the I pairing. could also be yeah. getting screwed like that in the same scenario. Like, you know, I got knocked out in top 32 twice last year because I pulled Osbo in 32 and I'm like, I got to turn up already, you know, make yeah. one little mistake. I'm out, you know, so same thing. And that's, yeah. 
That's driving against Osbo, though. Like, that's, I mean, that's any of those, the top five, top yeah. 10 guys. Like, you, there is no mistake. For sure. And, like, again, like, I still, like, by round three in the car, he was better than he ever was at his S15, I think. Like, mm. I obviously he had some better runs and some better luck getting pushed through and doing well, like, and competing and doing that. But, I saw his driving and his ability in the Mustang already by round three, I felt was like Pete was better than his S15. And I'm like, that's good. Mm. Like that's, we're already there, right? We just need some things to yeah. fall into place the way they need to. We need to make sure that you're super happy with the car a little bit earlier in each event. You know, and that's really just what it is. It's like when I show up, I know what I'm driving. I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. Right. But like if yeah. I jumped in Forsberg's car, you know, or or whoever's car, Matt Field's car, I would be like, yeah. and I would sh- probably struggle for three or four rounds trying to figure it out because little things would happen at the wrong yeah. time and I'd lose because of it, you know? So, I don't know. Nah, that's that's a fair way of putting it. And, and I don't think people realize that, like, if you get six, seven laps in practice, like, you're before qualifying, you're yeah. lucky. Like, you're... Like, Eight's a dude, good number. A, like, if you same, get eight, you're like, we did good practice, you know? Yeah. Was it St. Louis where like there was the crazy scramble that like to get to the starting just to get yeah, practice the in? start. I think yeah. that's nuts. Yeah. I love it. I'm like, this is dangerous, but you know, it's funny to me because <laughs> I'm like, I'm not giving up. Like you want to cut in front of me? Like you want to battle for this? I'll just run you over. Like, yeah, no, it was, it was like, it, yeah, it was, it was like a traffic jam. It was wild. I remember seeing it because like I was walking, I think I was walking to like the media thing and all of a sudden I just hear every engine. Ru- yeah. I look back and it's just it. I, how nobody crashed into somebody else is just like and then and then there was like people jockeying and trying to like push to get over yep. and like yeah it was wild and then they changed the rules where it's like okay it's based on your your order from the right. last round I'm like ah oh. for sure which makes sense that's, like that's less I, fun you know what like I'm all for the fun but I, a couple times when you're like leaving from the pit area and like let's say the pit mm-hmm. is technically the hot pit like like Jersey or one of those tracks. Yeah. You're like fighting for that while there's like people walking around and like all the fans. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, like I got screwed because I was like, I'm not running somebody over to get this spot. <laughs> so like all you guys that got a clear path where there were no fans, you got up there now. And I like I got stuck and some it- other people were behind me and like you know, there was a couple intersections where there were FD guys coming out, like drivers while we were going. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so hectic. I, I was laughing. It was fun. But I was like, I'm like, Kevin, it's w- a little I sketchy. Would... It's getting a little out yeah. of hand. I mean, when there's nobody around, it's fine. It's fine. We'll play yeah, off for sure. But like as soon as fans are involved, it's a yeah. whole other thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd almost want to take like, what, however you want to sort it. Like, let's say previous round, your first set of practices, whoever's at the bottom of the rankings from the previous round, you get to go mm-hmm. first. You get the, you need the laps, you need the most laps, you know, therefore you get that and you're guaranteed to get, you know, it'll probably one more than everybody else if the car holds up. So, I mean, I think that'd be one easy way to, to kind of allow these guys who need more practice to get that possible extra lap. Yeah, and like FD has been doing a good job too of adding time for us too. Like we've been, the laps have been getting yeah. better and creating more time for us. They're, they're moving through the flow. Like with the burnout box timer, like they're very conscious of like, okay, we know this is a problem, so we're going to try and yeah, for sure and, and fix I mean, this. It's always just a thing where like we're all learning, we're all figuring this out and the sport is changing yeah. all the time so rapidly. And like, 
the requirements of the car, the requirements of like, you know, everything It's always just moving target. Um, so, I mean, the progression of it's always the most important part and they've been really helpful at least of getting us some more track time when it's applicable. You know, some of these places we're mm-hmm. running in between other stuff and we're prospect Atlanta, and, yeah. you know, all this other stuff. And it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's, you get as many laps as you can, but everybody's has the same amount of time. You know, it's, yeah. Do you, do you think that sports progressing in the right direction? Like, do you think this is where we need to be going or is there like something we need to pull back on and be like, whoa, let's think about this again? Yeah. I, I hate being the guy that's always like, oh, I feel like this would be good. Like, you know, because most people are, well, and, I, and I think I am the guy lately because I have time and I go to the track and I don't have to be wrenching on the car all the time. And I do have a different kind of perspective on some stuff than other people. But, <laughs> Uh, and I'm, I'm happy to have that, but yeah, I think that like, I think it's all pretty good. Like all the cars are close, you know, I think, mm-hmm. I think that within top 16 guys, everyone is within a, you know, a couple tenths in each, each section. I think mm-hmm. everyone's got cars that are easy enough to drive and they're good enough to drive it that like the battles are good and the laps are good. You know, like you go to qualifying and like more than half the field is in the nineties every time now. Like, you know, I think, I think from a progression standpoint, it's at a really good place right now. I don't know what the future is. Like if the future does, the cars do get faster and they do do this and they, we do have, stickier tires and all that like personally i'm like that's cool but like i i hate these 1300 horse 1200 horsepower cars like i just want an even playing field that's like you know everybody is setting the cars up the way they want to drive and like the battles are close and they're super tight and cars aren't breaking and people aren't losing because they're blowing motors up or breaking drivetrain stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I'd hate to see it go to the next step where it was like, let's say back in like 2014, 2015, where everybody was just chasing this horsepower and the grip and the, like mm-hmm. some of these tires that were coming out were like just insane, you know, like just so much grip and like not really regulated kind of back then. And now it's gotten a lot better and the regulation is good and the tire to weight rule and like, some of the other things I think the future needs to be to me needs to be more focused on uh, accessibility of the car, the maintenance, the ability to fix it faster and the ability to keep it consistent. Like I would like to see tubular subframes in the front, you know, that are allowed and people, you know, maybe they're the same Mm -hmm. as stock geometry and there's nothing changed but it'd be fat. Just that becomes kind of hard to regulate. But I know I mean, what you're saying. maybe, but you just get a stamped K member and you have a jig, and that's you know a thought. Or because then you can, the motor swaps, the subframes, the everything can be easier, easier to attain. The headers, fitment, right. the you know, because a lot of cars now there's some cars that are way better than other cars because of something, because of clearance, mm-hmm. because of whatever, and like without going so far to like change it into a tube chassis. I don't want that at all. But like just, you know, like you have an S chassis, finding a straight front subframe is like impossible. And like by the time you're done cutting it all up to fit the rule book and like it's like flimsy and like this is not great, you know? 
And we're allowed to do all yeah. this stuff anyway, you know? So why not have a, like a K member that has all the same mounting points and you have a jig that's the stock jig. It slides up, make sure it's the same, but you can build it out of chromoly or whatever tubular front subframe. Be cheaper probably too for a lot of the teams because we're not trying to buy OEM yeah. stuff, cut it all up, spend all this time, money, and effort doing it. Um, and then like, you know, you crash and you bend a subframe right now. It's like, you're out. There's no fixing it. It's a good point. Yeah, there's very, they're very, very difficult right. to fix. Or like the next step is yeah. like, you know, the tire rule. Like, you know, hey, everybody's worried about the cost of tires, the manufacturing, how many tires they have to bring, whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. Like, the tires dictate how much power you need nowadays, like, because some of the tires are so much grip and the chassis have to be changed for this and that. And, like, there's so many mm -hmm. um, applications that, you know, can maybe benefit from some things and not others. So why not open it up more to make it so that it's more of an almost even playing field at that point? Uh, so more tire companies or less? More or like, less. Like a spec or tire? Or something that's, you know, like, hey, now no, we no longer have a tire that reads this durometer, right? So like in the future by, let's say, I'm just throwing a number, by 2025, we want to have the tire at, you know, normal operating temperature, you know, for, or whatever, have this low of a durometer test and that's it. So the tire has to be made to that. Mm. It's not a treadwear stamp that means nothing. It's not a... You know, whatever. It's, yeah, it's it's a more subjective or a more objective test as opposed to just like uh, trusting that the stamp yeah. that's on it is, is And maybe correct. it's a higher treadwear, right? So now we're limiting yeah. it now by having something that is a true, let's say, 300 treadwear or 400 treadwear, whatever. So now like the tires are at a lower cost. They last longer. And like, sure, we're still going to yeah. find a way to be fast, but we kind of like, oh, we kind of like limit that next step that makes the cars really jerky again and make the show not as good and breaks all the drivetrain and all that. Cause I think we've all got it nailed and dialed right now, but now it's kind of plateaued for like the last three years or so. <sighs> I mean, on that front, I, I feel guess like. they're still getting faster. Cars are still getting crazier. Oh, I agree. I agree. But I mean, I, I don't feel like there's been any massive jump in anything in the last three years. Now, I mean, you could say like COVID kind of stalled that or whatever, but regardless, like, in, at least from my perspective, I haven't seen anything where I'm like, holy, now the new rules that are coming out, I think is probably going to change a lot of that. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I do feel like we've kind of plateaued up until this season. Yeah, I think there's still a lot of a lot of growth in terms of the quality of the cars and the power and the like the grip that they're putting down. But yeah, I think it's at a real, I was saying it's kind of at a really good place because like, even though the cars are hooked up super fast, crazy, they're balanced and mm -hmm. the, the battles look good, you know? They do. And like there's enough yeah. knowledge shared between everybody in the pit where like the cars are all in the box. There's none like super mm -hmm. crazy fast. Like they're maybe a little bit faster, but like obtainable by everybody, you know? I just think like long term in things, I, I, I don't have a desire to have any more horsepower than I have now. Like to me, it's just like, I would like to build a lighter car and have the power that I have go farther or whatever the case is, you know, and, and, and move things around that way. And just the serviceability of the cars become easier, you know? So I think that's kind yeah. of my, my long-term theory is like, let's kind of level the playing field even more moving future into the future and make something that, that is easier to work on, easier to provide for the car, you know? Hmm. 
No, that's a, that's a good way of doing it. I mean, because there's so many, you can kind of get to the same place in many different ways. Sure. Like it could be a spec tire or it could be more tire competition. But the, like you said, the durometer is that. So now we get into like, maybe the the way the tread is developed becomes the next thing that dictates the the speed of it or how much tread you're actually putting on there or whatever or multi-layer tread so that way you get grip for a bit and then it burns off and then you get grip for a bit and it burns off kind yeah, of Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know what the answer is. My thought process yeah. was just like, you know, more people on a similar tire or size or whatever. And like it, like all mm-hmm. of the motorsports that we run have some sort of, you know, tire limitation. You know, and FD has their tire yeah. limitation for sure with the weight and all that stuff. My theory is just like keeping drifting looking sick and like fun and battles being good and being as close as possible. Like if you took everybody on the field and said, hey, everybody has to go down three tire sizes, right? I think <laughs> I think the driving would look and be way better than it is now, personally. Wow. So like almost everybody back onto like a pro, uh, basically the pro spec Yeah. Tire. So like you just take the whole, I'm not saying this is the answer, just a thought. Like, no, like, I know. I know. Just a thought, thought experiment. Yeah. Take the whole tire Fun. rule with the weight and shift it all 30 mil, you know? And so that everybody's grip is now, let's say 10% less. The maximum capability of their grip is 10% less. So your power, your drivetrain that's built to withstand that now is way more reliable. It's less load on everything. The cars break less the cars are a little bit easier to drive and there's some strategy now to making your tires last. There's some strategy to doing a lot of things. Um, And I think it'd be, I think that it would prolong the fun and box that we have going on right now um, a little bit better. I don't know. Just a thought. No, it's interesting. No, it's interesting. I, I like that. I've never, I've never kind of thought about it in that particular way. I mean, I've thought a lot about tires and brands and, and compounds and all that stuff and, and, and even think like to the sidewall because like obviously what, what Nitto did with sidewalls is crazy and like that was a huge jump in performance um, but never quite to like backing it off. I actually thought about, to be honest with you, the, the complete opposite direction where it gets to a point where you do a run, that's a full set of tires done. Now you're single lug you go in, the pit stop is part of the game. You need to get your pit stop done to get to the line a certain amount of time. Got it. Like, I went the opposite direction. Yeah, I mean, that's something too. Whether that's sure. the right thing or not, I don't know. But Yeah, my whole thing is just like, yeah. keep- we need the, obviously we need. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. Go for it. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a Can- Canadian standoff. Uh, <laughs> like, we at that point, we just need the tire support, which that's been an issue. I don't know if it's like an so, issue. So like we would need companies. But it's to just like in. the sheer number of tires, I, the 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 whole business behind and the yeah. structure behind the tires going on the car, off the car, mounting, just just you know, getting rid of them after the event, like the whole thing. Like hey, don't worry about that. The fans will yeah, just take do. them. It's I've crazy. learned that. What are you gonna like, do with that? They're like crazy. Oh, make a table out of it or this and that. I'm like I, Hey, you know what? Sure. I, I can't say anything. I Go remember as a it. kid going to a snowcross event and walking home with like a full fairing. So I can't yeah. say shit. I, I have no idea where it is. I mean, that was 20 yeah, something years ago. But smell like a burnt tire and like. But to you and I, like dirty. it's it's a wear item. Right. It, but to somebody, it's like that's a no, that's a core cool. memory, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's just it is amazing to see me to see somebody sitting the in the grandstands all weekend tire. just I holding know, a tire. Wild. Like for dear life. It's cool though. So, Thank you for taking them. They gotta go somewhere. Yeah, hey, no. <laughs> it lives a second life. I'm glad you got you, an art piece. Rather than going to the mm. dump and recycling. But coffee t- 
but yeah, I don't know. I yeah. do, I'm not. I don't really want to limit the sport. I just want to kind of hold it where it's at for a little bit longer. I feel like before it starts getting crazier and crazier. But I think everybody's gotten to the point where we're all kind of, you know, at a good spot. Teams are good. Cars are pretty reliable. Yeah. There's not not as many failures. That the process of building a drift car has become a little bit more clear for the teams and everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm a I'm just, you know, I'm loving FD and everything that's going on right now. So try to keep it a little longer. <laughs> any, any other like changes you'd implement given the keys to, I would love to like, do some different tracks with uh, some more turns. I think, I think a four or five turn minimum would be my move. I think, I think yeah. it would really help the judging. I would think it would really help the fans because like with three turns or some <clears throat> tracks or even two, um, it's such hyper-focus on these little things, you know, and the technicalities of these little things. Whereas like when you're stringing, you know, four, five, six, seven turns together on these tracks, it become, the winner becomes a little bit more evident, to me at least. Um, That's a good point. And also like I feel like more style, more, you know, ways to get through the tracks the fluidity like when you're on a two-turn track the fluidity is really focused on like your rate to angle and then staying there and then you know not making any corrections or not doing anything and they you know you Mm -hmm. make the track even though it's two or three turns you make it harder so you have to reach these little points and do all that which kind of makes it a little unnatural because you have to make it difficult otherwise you know it's hard to decide who's better but now when you have a yeah. five, six, seven <laughs> turn track, like the difficulty is just in the fact of linking it all together and making it look nice, you know? So to me, I'd like to see some tracks with some more turns. Um, and I think it'd be more fun to do that for the drivers. Um, and, and I think it would, yeah. like I said, kind of separate uh, wins and losses a little bit more. And I think the sport kind of needs, needs that in one way or another uh, in the future as well. Yeah, I mean, I think if we've gotten so close now that we're like splitting hairs on on everything and, and it becomes a little bit more difficult for a new fan base to truly understand what's going on. And I think I think that's been acknowledged. I know once again with like a lot of the changes that are going on, that's to try and provide some more transparency with it. But I, I know what you're saying that like if you make a small mistake in turn two, it could be like minuscule, but by turn five, like it's pretty clear where the issue yeah, is. Yeah, or like, hey, that guy messed up two so. out of the five turns. You know, this guy messed up four out of the five turns. Or or even the other end of the spectrum. Man, he really yeah. killed it on these three or four turns. And like the other dude, you know, maybe didn't. You know, whatever the case is. But that's just <clears throat> another thought process. Just without complicating the judging aspects and the criteria of the aspects, the track being more complex would help those things. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. I mean, I think I think Road Atlanta is probably a good way to prove that because like it's pretty clear in Road Atlanta, like if somebody if somebody gets behind at any point, it's still only and, three it, and it turns, has uh, <laughs> or four turns, four turns. Yeah, it's four, but but I mean, it's more evident there than maybe in another for track. Sure. I mean, I mean, we could play devil's for advocate sure. back and forth yeah. on this stuff for sure. Plus, they signed like, some new yeah. tracks. I think would be cool and new markets and new everything. Yeah, and, like. Anywhere in particular, like get everybody on park, like all these FD cars trying to run park. <laughs> I drove an FD car at park. It was a handful, you know. I bet. But no, I think, there, I think too, like just the future of drifting in general, like I think there's, I think over the next 
five years, we're going to see the amount of tracks that people drift on double, whether it's new or opening yeah. a track that's already available to drifting. I think drifting is we're at the point it. where it's so accepted by almost everyone and it's so marketable and it's such a big fan base that if you're a track and you're running events and you don't let drifting there, you're an absolute idiot. Like people are like, oh, I don't want to wreck the track, don't want to do ever. It doesn't matter if you wreck the track. If the track's making money and can make improvements and can do things, who cares? Yeah. Check check your profit and loss sheets. You'll see, you'll see the right. numbers. And also like all yeah. these tracks are not just racetracks. Like it's a marketing game now. It's a huge thing. It's like you know, bringing in yeah. partners, doing all that. And when Formula Drift goes to an event or a big drift event goes to an event, whatever, at a track, it brings a lot of eyes to the, you know, to the track itself. So like for me, I like lately I've been looking at options and things to do like that and try to bring some more tracks into drifting and grow it because that's just more possibilities of, you know, just overall growth. You know, there's there's an, there's right. 10 events every single weekend in America now. Like when I first started drifting, yeah. there were three events like, in America for a whole year, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's it's becoming so much more accessible. The the knowledge is there. I think track owners are 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 finally and, and realistically, a lot of the older track owners are retiring or moving on. And it, it's becoming to a point where people like you and I are, are even 10 years older, where it's like, oh, well, you know, we drifting is our sport. It's not circle track, it's not whatever. Like you know, that's why they're being installed. I mean, my, my favorite example is just Lake Erie Speedway. It's a track that was known for one thing and now has become this epicenter where in the next four to five years, you may see the next, you know, big drifter or drifters come out of there. And I mean, that's just one example. Look at, look at New Jersey, right? Like that was an NHRA level track that now literally had the end lopped off and it's there for drifting. Yeah, yeah it's wild. So. E-Town's got a good steeze to it, though. Like, the whole thing is great. Yeah. It's been the really, like, that's that really been the mecca of yeah. drifting for, like, a long time. Whether you, like, are yeah. about it or not, going up there and driving, like, you can't argue, like, Drift Out Wednesdays back in, you know, early 2000s and, like, all those events. They were the first area. That track was the first place to really have, like, drifting all the time at it, you know? So it's... Mm-hmm. It's kind of neat. Like I said, that, that that track's always been my favorite place to drive. Everybody up there is a good time. It's fun to drive. Yeah, the new track is Shirts cool with the stadium <laughs> and all the you know fans being right there, part of the action and all that. So, yeah, I could see I could see more of that. I mean, I would love to see once again more turns. Like, I, don't get me wrong, like the figure of eight's cool, but like I would like to see something a little different. Um, but hey, I mean, at this point, I'm just happy that we're getting eight rounds. We're in these big markets. We're we're packing stands. I say we like I'm part of this, but like, you know, it's FD crazy. is packing stands. Yeah, it's yeah, wild. It's cool. It's wild. It's cool to see too, because like, you know, you're like, oh, I do this. This is like the events I go to, and like, it's been like a thing where in the past it's like, oh yeah, we have five thousand people that show up to these events, and it's five thousand every time, mm-hmm. and like this and that. And now it's like, no, it's fifteen thousand yeah. every time and more, you know, or like whatever the case is, and and like. We're almost, I mean, we are in theory outgrowing all these places we're going to, you know, and it's like, yeah, but, but like as a thing, like the only other motorsport tracks that have done that are like F1 and, and, and NASCAR, like 
those places mm-hmm. are huge. Unfortunately, those don't really fit typically for our sport. Um, but yeah, you know, so now we're like, you know, we got to find that next level. And I think, like I said, I think the, the next five years, um, I think there's a lot of plans that are already happening and things are already in place moving forward. That mean in the next five years, is going to be some really big stuff. I've just been hearing lots of different things from a lot of different people that I typically in the past haven't heard that, you know? Yeah. No, thanks for starting the rumor mill for me. I appreciate that. You know, <laughs> That's Chelsea's retirement gig. Oh, right there. just, just be like an old race cranky tracks, track dude, owner. That's what I'm doing. Build racetracks everywhere. Yes. Yeah, that's definitely, that's a great zero way. Zero want yeah. to do that. <laughs> I I just it seems like I a mean, lot of like, work. <laughs> I, I ran the school at a park for a really time, really a uh, long time, and it was like you know, yeah, I was able to utilize everything that they had there, and the owner of the place was amazing to work with, and it was a great opportunity. And I saw what it took to maintain a cart track that was really low key and like easy. All the people that were there were helpful and like everybody that yeah. went to the track wanted to grow it. Right. And no one complained about anything. It was like awesome. And I saw what it took to maintain and run that. And I was like, no way. Like just, just the insurance. Like that's the one thing people don't realize. Just the insurance bill yeah. alone would scare the yeah, hell And out the of fact you. that you're it's just crazy. worried about anyone trying to shut you down at any yeah. moment and then like yeah, the people, tractors, yeah. the track cleaners, the, you know, all, like they have a dump truck, articulated motor. Like you're looking at all this machinery that you have and you're like, this is insane. The main, just main, you need a yeah. guy that all you do is maintain those things. Like that's not yeah. even talking about the track and, then, and maintaining the people and managing everything. It's nuts. And then the city puts a subdivision with an earshot yeah. of it. And then it's like people move in there like, why is it loud yeah. here? It's like you move next to a racetrack. Like, yep, and your investment and everything you put in, you're fighting for just to keep it at that point. So it's it's wild, but I do think, like yeah. I said, I think the future holds a lot for drifting in terms of uh, events and growth and and just having like all the little types of deals. So like grassroots fun driving, you know, shootout style events, you know, eight round FD, you know, four round prospect. Like there's all these like. Yeah big, you know, bubbles in what's happening and everybody's working together and there's, there's an option for everything. I just want to drive for fun. Great. There's an event every weekend within, you know, if you want to drive five hours anywhere in America, almost you could drive an event almost every weekend and like, yeah, Oh, I want to compete. Cool. There's, you know, entry level competition. Do you want to compete once? Yeah, there's exactly. Oh, I like, to be out in the West Coast and I'm from the East Coast. Cool. Like there's four rounds of a drift series out there too. Like anywhere. Yeah. So I think there's a spot for everybody now and it's kind of like, uh, you know, everybody's looking out for everyone and growing it. And I think the positivity of drifting is at at a pretty high level right now. And, uh, you know, I think it's good. Man, I can't, I can't think of like a better note to wrap this up on because like it's such a positive thing. It's, it's been a sport that's been, you know, we've we've been kind of maligned over the years. We've been made fun of. We've been attacked, and and there's been separation in the community. And and I, I do feel like out of all the years I've been around, which is not nearly as long as you have, that that is kind of an old joke. Not yeah. really though. Although um, I, I think we're the same age. Um, is it's in the best place it's ever been? But I think it, it keeps it, getting it to, into in the best opinion. place too. So like, yeah, yeah, that's I agree. why I'm so invested in it. I'm like, dude, I've been doing this for so long, and like. 
almost anything I find negative about it, like was my own putting on it. <laughs> so like, Ooh. it's like the growth has been great. Like the acceptance, the, you know, the, yeah. the marketing, the fact that everybody that started drifting and was pumped on drifting was also <clears throat> into social media and growing it through that. And like, you know, yeah, all these motorsports are always like up, down, up, down, up, down. And like 20 years of just growth, like every year. It's just like, yeah. How do you argue with it? You know, like it's like it's 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 yeah. It's not much longer until these large companies just can't deny it, and then we get that funding that you know means you get to fly to, on a private jet to events, yeah. and you know have a big purple and gold I just want like Chelsea enough a pro drifter video game like Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Like that's what that's where I'm uh, going. Is that it? That's is that that's your moment where you're like, no, okay, had, we're good. That, I've had plenty of moments in drifting, and I'm so fuck pumped about all of them. Like I love it, and but like that would be just absurd. Like that's so cool. Yeah. But I don't even think video games like, are you're really getting what they scammed. are anymore either. Like you know, like people just no. you know want to drive sims and do all that, and like they, my car is in the sim games, and like dude, it's in yeah, every it's sim like, game, even like Forza, it's in there, and like all this. Stuff, I'm like, dude, this is crazy. That's got to be yeah, wild. Cool. That's that's got to be it's wild. It's cool. I know, like in Walmart, and I'm like, my car is in the Hot Wheels container. Like that is insane. Like I still to this day, I'm like, I don't get it. I don't like. I don't. Do you, I I asked I asked Osbo about this. Like, do you have imposter syndrome where you're at now? I don't. I'm pretty do, like. Do you know what I mean by that? I'm just myself, really. Like all the I know, time, but like. I, I don't know. You you've got to have moments. I mean, I've had I've had a few over the years, and I'm by no means at at your level of of fame within this industry. Uh, if I keep talking on this podcast, maybe I'll catch up quickly. But like, you know, do, have you had those moments where you're like, this now nah, this isn't it, this isn't real. Like, you know, you're like standing in line, some kids like, I got a Chelsea Denofa car, and turns around, you're there. They and probably wouldn't like, recognize that me. kind of shit. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> no, but I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I. I see that stuff and I'm like, is it just surreal? It's surreal. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Like the imposter syndrome. I don't know. Like, I'm like, I I feel like I've done so much and done and, and, and I live my life for it. So I think those are the kind of things that happen when you do that. Like, I know that's simple minded, like, cause I'm not, but like when I see the car there, I'm like, that's sick because like, I'm not saying like, Oh, I deserve that. It's fine. No worries. I'm just thinking like in terms of like, been doing this for a really long time and I've been true to the game the best I could. I've given back the most I can. Like I care about it. I love it. And like, I, this is what I've dedicated my life to. So when I see that stuff, I'm like, I feel like that's what happens when you do that. You know, like, right. Like, do you think like Elon, when he sees a Tesla driving down the roads, like that's my company. I love that. He's probably like, that's a Tesla. I'm sure there's moments. For sure. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I'm sure there's moments. I mean, I've even had, like, personally, I've had a few, even, like, today. Because, like, today, you know, show how the sausage is made. Today's the day all the episodes got released. And, like, it was the one of those. Of your labor type thing. Gr- yeah, but it's been, it's been 10 plus years of doing shit like this. Like, I have a photo of me interviewing Chris Forsberg and I had a giant lime green spiked Sick. mohawk. And he was at, like, the some event and like I barely knew anything about drifting, but like I had an up and coming YouTube channel, and I thought I was going to make it big. And I like I go back and I look at those moments and realize that like 
if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for the Thunderbird, if it wasn't for my Miata build, if it wasn't for all these other different things, like it would never have been to this point. And I did. I had a day today. I had like a 30-minute break in my insane schedule. And I like sat there and I just kind of like looked and I was like, holy so you're like shit. Sick. <laughs> like, yeah, but I also was like, that's not me. Like, that's not, I was also just very much like, yeah, okay, like, cool. I, I, now I got to get back in. I got to nail down Chelsea, make sure he's not late. I was late. You know, make sure everything's up and running. It's okay. But I feel like, uh, but I, like just, I live the same life. Like, I, we were talking about this the other day. I was I talking to my wife. I was like, I was like, because somebody asked me the other day, they're like, oh, like, what would, what would 16 year old Chelsea think about 34 year old yeah. Chelsea? And I'm like, oh, he would be really stoked because, like, he stuck to what the plan was. If there was a plan. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, there's a plan. But they're, they're like, but like, is there? But there wasn't. Right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. But I mostly okay. <laughs> look at it like this I look at it like, I could have stuck to this and done this forever, just like I did. And drifting could have not grown. Been, yeah. But I still would have yeah. had the same you achievements, could have invested in the still wrong done thing. the same thing, right? Because, like, obviously, I'm a part of the growth, small part. You know, like mm. everybody else is a huge part of it. Um, and it's it's been a massive global team effort to grow drifting and the positivity and this like how cool it is. But like I'm mm. I also feel like, you know, like we were saying about the car thing, it's like I just you just like you if anybody dedicates their life to something, you you do that in hopes that these kinds of things just organically happen. Like, I yeah. didn't go to Hot Wheels and be like, yo, I want to make a Hot Wheel. Like, I'm not that type of person. You know, like, I, yeah. am I deserving of it? I don't know. It depends. Are you doing a bunch of drift cars? If you're doing a bunch of drift cars, you know what? I should have a Hot Wheel. I mean, yeah. I don't know. That's my thought process. If no, So I'm like, ah, you know, cool. Like, I owe, like, a lot of my success and my growth and all that to drifting as a whole. Like, it's not like... Mm-hmm. I just committed to that thing. Like if you committed to doing these podcasts and you plan this from when you were 15 years old where you're like, I love this. I'm going to do this no matter what. It doesn't matter if it grows or it does whatever. Like you would be killing it in the podcast game. Like that's just how it works. Yeah. No, but there's like, yeah. you would just keep doing yeah, it because you saying. love it and you would find it and you yeah. perfect it and be the best at it that you can be, you know? It... The, it <sighs> Is there something Matt Farah once something said something to me? I had him on my old podcast years and years ago, and I kind of asked him a similar thing. So I'm very fascinated by this of like people who are at, you know, a pinnacle at, at in their career or at least the highest level they've ever been at. Obviously, I'm hoping it continues to move. And I asked him, I'm like, what's this like? Like, how did you get here? What's that? And what he told me was the universe rewards hustle. Yeah. He's like, that's all it is. He's like, it's not like a luck thing. It's just like it's like buying lottery tickets. Like, you know, every time you work harder, you buy another lottery ticket. And some people buy one lottery ticket and they cash out and they're set. And some people go their entire lives and buy a lottery ticket every day and never win a goddamn thing. And he goes, it just, sometimes it's meant to be, sometimes it's not. But like, if you don't ever buy a lottery ticket, you're never going to win. That's a good point. So that's, it's just really, that's, that's stuck with me. And I mean, that's that's like literally since he told me that, that's kind of been in my head where I'm like, okay, I just got to, you know, push a little bit more. And, I, and I'm sure you had the same thing. Engine blows and you're like, I just got to put another one in. I just got to build another car. I got to find another sponsor. I got to do something. I got to I got to go, you know, corner Vaughn in a trailer and and like just shoot my shot, right? Yeah, like, I mean. I'm, worse he's going to tell me is no. Oh, yeah. And like, like well, you're like, oh, he says no. Like, what does that matter in the long game of things? You're like, you know, it's like, yeah. oh, cool. Like, 
I have lots of things in my life have said no. Like that's what makes me yeah. try harder for the next time thing. But I think that was the thing like with Devon is a great example is like I yeah. had reached what I was capable of doing like on my own and I had tried many different at? ways at doing it and I had elevated and done different things and scenarios and everything I could do and I was like I looked around and I was like like what are the if I could have the best odds of winning or best odds of having a good car and enjoying drifting and like having a good time while growing what I'm doing like who's the who do I drive for what do I do or is mm. that am I most happy driving for myself and at that point it was like I love drifting <laughs> I hate working on cars like so uh, driving for another team is the best opportunity and I'm like mm, their team is the best team like to me, like they're, they look like they're having fun at the track because there's teams out there mm -hmm. that do really, really well. That I don't, doesn't look like they're having fun. And to me, I'm like, eh, that's like not what it's about for me. Like, you know, if I, if, if RTR was not having a good time and it was so strict and it was like I was driving for a, you know, F1 team where everybody was on top of everybody to achieve, you know, 100% all the time, no matter what, yeah. we don't care about anything else then I wouldn't have joined yeah. that team. I would have joined another team, you know? So, you know, it's like you said, it's the same thing. It's the hustle. It's the understanding of it. And it's like, once you've figured each step of the way out, you know how to hustle your way into the next scenario and figure out how you go. Yeah. Or just try and get your, you know, figure out that right. scenario, right? That's often how it is. It's just like, okay, now I'm here. What do I do? What the hell do <laughs> yeah. I do now? <laughs> I know. Hopefully yeah. not the same thing I was doing for the last three years because while I was growing and doing all that, I was not enjoying it. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I think we both could sit down and tell stories, enough stories. Sure. And, and maybe maybe when we get you back on, we'll do more of those. But uh, yeah, dude, I, I really appreciate you coming on. I'm glad uh, I'm glad we got to do this and, and the timing is fantastic. So uh, is there anything else you want to share? Anything else you want to you know, drop, you know, <laughs> like, and subscribe. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I always like the sign off thing. I'm always like, I don't know what to do. It's so hard. Well, the thing it's is, is so like, hard. <laughs> I feel like we've had a great time. We've talked about everything we need to talk about. Like we're cutting it. We're, yeah. we're going to cut it off. Now that's it. I'm like, but really realistically, like I said, I'll, we'll end on the positive note of everything. Like I think drifting's in the best place it's ever been. And it's been in the best place it's yeah. ever been every year since the beginning of when I started drifting. And like, I think that people that are still involved with drifting that have been for 20 years, like, you know, they would say the same thing, I hope, because I feel like it's just been a constant growth and a constant, you know, uh, elevation of the sport and everything about it. So for me, I think we're, I, I don't like using the term pinnacle because I think the sky is the limit and I think we haven't reached that yet. But I think at the amount of effort and time and, place we are at is at the best it has it could possibly be an opportunity wise so just keep that going and everybody hopefully loves drifting and continues doing it forever because i'm not ready to sign off yet for sure nice well i could not have said it better myself dude thanks you thank you again for you know doing this i'm excited to see what happens with you in long beach and and just yeah just see how this year goes for you so i'm ready to drive yeah. ready to uh, have fun i'm ready to Go Bet through some are. bumpers, some tires, <laughs> some everything, and get back into the groove of uh, the best <sighs> drifting in the world. You know? So excited. Well, thank you again, everybody, for listening. I appreciate it. If you guys liked anything from this, you know, give it a share. Get the word out there. 
I know these are long, but hey, this is this is how you get the good info. Good info happens like after the two hour mark. So <laughs> that's because we finally get to know right. each other. Yeah, dude, it, it takes does. a little bit. I mean, we yeah, kind of known sure. each other, but just like in passing, like you know, this is the first real hangout. Sweet. So, all right, <laughs> thanks out. again, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Oh.